the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is The Monty Show, rocking a fresh PDH as we roll into the greatness. (laughs) What? What is wrong with that? I'm sharing my awesomeness here on The Monty Show, presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Hey, man, did you get hit by somebody who was driving distracted? Did you get hurt at work? You didn't deserve that. Make sure you understand that you deserve an attorney who's going to fight for you, who understands where you are. He understands how to fight for you. That's The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online 24-7 for free. See, cuz. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case, so no consultation fees. Chat with them live online for free at theadvocates.com. Is college basketball dying? Dying. It's dying. We'll talk about that today because the Final Four, I tell you what, I'd be nervous if I were the NCAA looking at the Elite Eight TV numbers. I mean, that's a little that's a little worrisome in the fact that, Jake, it is in your demographic, which means it's going to go poorly. Right. Um, but it really is your demographic that is making a difference in who's watching college basketball right now. Yeah. Frankly, and this is uniquely a college basketball issue because it's not an issue with college football. But how much trouble do you think that that college basketball is in here? Yeah. I mean, I think that the the viewership is is. You know, it's obviously struggling because the schools. Okay, bro. Whoa, bro, my camera. Whoa. I'm in the middle of my take. My Whoa. camera's not set up right now, bro. Whoa, I, I'm offended. Whoa. I am offended. There we go. Hey. <laughs> you know what, man? Look, my camera's perfect. Hey, your camera's all lined up. You know. Anyway. Yes. Anyway. Yes, I think that not having, you know, the, as they call them, the Blue Bloods, right? The nameplates of college basketball in the tournament is not good for the tournament. I, I just, there's no way around it. And I think when you look at the numbers, it's pretty, it paints a pretty clear and definitive picture that the numbers and the viewership was down. And and it's no shame to FAU and, you know, uh, San Diego State and all these schools. But from a national perspective, you know, San Diego State is not UNC. You're not Duke. You're not Kentucky. You're not Kansas. You're just not those schools. And so as we continue to have this conversation about the health of college basketball and is college basketball heading in a direction where it is broken, I mean, yeah, if this were to happen every year, you can obviously see how this would impact things and and I also think what's really fascinating is the the realignment conversation with San Diego State in parlance to this viewership thing because I don't think that it should just be overlooked that San Diego State didn't exactly have a stellar performance in TV viewership and the Pac-12 is adding them That's you know right. and, and I think you know as much value as San Diego State has geographically speaking I don't feel like that the TV viewership really helped your case there it just didn't it would have been nice to be like, yeah, hey, we're in San Diego. And by the way, we drew a huge viewership share on the tournament. And, you know, we're going to the Final Four and everything's awesome. But it doesn't really feel that way. And that's what I think is the problem right now. Well, and I also think it is Blue Bloods versus mid-majors. You know, you look at, you know, Utah Valley University, UVU last night loses in the uh, semis of the NIT. You know, their coach immediately, Coach Matson immediately goes to Cal. Like, that's a huge problem. And it, it 
it is, in my opinion, the way that major college sports, and let's be honest about it, major professional sports works. You don't have to like it, yeah. but I think it is what it is. When you don't have the Blue Bloods, you know, the Kentuckys, the Kansas, Carolina, Duke, when you don't have those big guys in the big dance and they're not in the Final Four, they're not in the Elite Eight, I, I, I think it's a real problem for TV ratings. And I think you look at the Final Four this weekend, these are the three biggest college basketball games of the year. You would expect to have almost 10 million viewers a game on you know Saturday when you have the two games being played and then Monday yes. for the championship game, you would expect a massive audience. But I don't know that that's the case anymore. I, I, I truly do not. And I don't think you can just put on two teams and say they're playing for the national championship and expect everybody to turn it on because I truly don't believe that that's the way it works anymore. No, it's not just assumed. No. That's not I, how it works. I, I think you have to deliver compelling, you know, compelling matchups. I think this is, we're going to talk about flexing these Thursday night games coming up. I think this is a big, big problem for the NFL. Yeah. People don't watch crappy matchups. I, I don't want to see the two worst teams <coughs> in the NFL going head to head on a Thursday night. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's on ESPN, Amazon, or your mom's house. Because I'm not watching garbage. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not watching it. It doesn't matter how much of a douche your boss is. It doesn't matter how much you hate life. You're not going to come home on a Thursday night and watch a crap matchup. You're just not going to do it. There are too many other things on TV. Times have changed. It's not how it used to be back in, you know, 95 yeah. when you could just throw the tournament on TV and you knew that Law & Order was still going to be on the next day. We're way past that now. And, and I think that is the thing. Like, I, this whole conversation around streaming, and and, and I'm not just talking about streaming sports talk in, in, in our lane. I'm talking about Netflix, Amazon, like, uh, like Hulu, like all the different, Fubo TV, all the different outlets that you have. You got to understand that people are not just going to sit around and watch a blowout or watch a, a a a matchup of two teams that they don't know anything about. The the viewer has to be able to resonate. I don't care about, you know, uh the Oakland Raiders and the Houston Texans on a Thursday night uh when Derek Carr's not there anymore, right? Like I don't yeah. care. And and that's what I think we have to we have to understand. So with college basketball, it's cool when there's an upset. It's cool when FAU beats some juggernaut. That's cool. But we don't want to think about the implications of the fact that there are no number one seeds left in the tournament. That's a problem. Yeah, and I think this also goes to the Pac-12 TV issues. And and I see, you know, that, that everybody wants to talk about, hey, you know, what's going on with Pac-12 TV? Nothing's going on. Like, I mean, you listen to – you listen to, to – the people that you talk to and you believe in, I mean, again, I, I, I've heard so many wild things from people I just don't know. We get so many DMs about this. And, you know, I was talking to probably the most trusted source that I have in the TV industry, and they were telling me, hey, listen, the, the Pac-12 is, is going back around and talking to every single person they've talked to about TV. Like, they, they are supposedly in, in really... Not, I'm not going to say panic mode because I just don't think that's what the Pac-12 is doing. Yeah. I think that the Pac-12 is, is doing everything it needs to do to, to get the deal that it, it believes it wants. The issue becomes that you have numbers like the, the Elite Eight that, frankly, were not good. They were, they were off. Yeah. And so you, you have schools like Cal, who gets Madsen from UVU. 
You you look at the Pac-12 as a basketball conference, and you're it's it's very much a eh. yeah. That, that's a football conference. I look at the Big 12. The Big 12, in my opinion, is more of a basketball conference than a football conference right now. I look at the Big 10. I don't think it's either one. You probably know more for for the Big 10, more for college football because of Ohio State and Michigan, but it's not a basketball conference right now. The ACC isn't really a a, a basketball conference right now. Look how poor Carolina and Duke showed this year. Like, I think college sports on the whole is in this adjustment period. And I look at college basketball specifically, and and I, I do think the question is blue bloods versus mid-majors. <coughs> and I don't think mid-majors are, are bringing viewers to the TV. Yeah, that To me, that is that truly is the, the bottom line on it. Yeah. Um, Kurt Myers, first one in today. Utah and Stanford presidents are negotiating PAC media deals. Could be. Uh, the PAC is still negotiating with TNT for Tier 1 rights. I've Bro, heard- what are you talking about, man? I, I, we have heard TNT so many times, but who owns TNT? CBS. And it, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Does, does TNT excite anybody? Is, do you believe that there's a ton of money at CBS to do Pac-12 Tier 1? There's not. There, there isn't. It's, it, it's yeah. all under the same umbrella. And don't forget, TNT's trying to renew the NBA right now. The NBA with a CBA problem right now, they're trying yeah. to get worked out. Like, it's just a terrible time to be trying to get a to get a significance right deal. Yeah, rights deal. I think it's it's very difficult. Curtis says Pac-12 teams are currently losing a ton of players in the portal at an alarming rate. I think there's a lot of instability. I think I I actually believe that recruiting has been negatively impacted. Mm-hmm. I think I I don't think there's any doubt about that. Recruiting has been there's there's just no way to spin it. Recruiting has been negatively impacted uh, by the the absence of a TV deal. And if they get one, hey, that's cool. That's cool. You'll bounce back and everything will be fine. But I I just don't know. I d- I don't know how you recover from this incident four years even if you even if you wind up at tnt which again i don't think is is likely but even if you wind up at tnt again i I just don't see that this helps you recover well and i think this whole conversation of mid-majors and blue bloods combined with the pac-12 tv deal situation is super dynamic because when we talk about recruiting if you really think about it like yeah sure the pac-12 tv deal is not helping you recruit at all no and I look at the struggle of Blue Bloods this year, and I think the reason that that's happening is because of one and done. But I also think that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the only way to a national championship, and really 20, 30 years ago, the only real feasible, reliable, efficient way to get to the league was through a Blue Blood program. It was not as easy to make a name for yourself. It was not as palatable to 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 go to uh uh you know a San Diego State let's say or you know whatever whatever school you want to look at it wasn't it wasn't as palatable to do that as it is today because of the advent of NIL and I look at you know and I know it's Bronny James but 7.2 million dollars man in NIL opportunity like it's wild That's it's wild you know what I mean so like this kid and obviously it's Bron's kid so we get it there's some built-in advantages there of course but when I look at what Bronny's able to do, I, we're not talking about eight hundred thousand or a million bucks. No, that's like that's what it used to be. Now we're pushing ten million dollars, man. He, he, I mean, what's to say that the kid's not going to get to 
eight nine million dollars before it's done like nothing and and that's it's what i think is crazy crazy yeah and i think you look at how tv impacts that like you look at this andrew marchand story in the post this morning 24.99 to watch the yankees on stream to watch the let, uh, yet the yes network trying to get their baseball stream together yeah 24.99 for yankee baseball yeah i think i think most yankee fans are paying that i could be wrong but I think most Yankee fans are, are are willing to give up twenty five bucks a month to watch to watch you know the the yeah. the, the the Yankees on stream. I do, and I think this whole direct to consumer DTC. If you see those, you see those three letters DTC. <laughs> but that's that's the new buzz term, direct to consumer. Direct to consumer. The, and, and again, we talked about it last month on this show. MSG is offering Rangers, Knicks, and uh, excuse me, uh, Devils on one channel, all on MSG Stream next year. DTC, direct to consumer, and that that's the thing. So if you go back to the Pac-12, I think it's the only way that you can. I think it's the only way you can thrive long term. And I am not convinced. I am not convinced that Amazon or Apple is willing to to pony up twenty million dollars. I am not convinced that CBS and, and frankly, CBS and Fox have been out on the Pac-12 for a very long time. Yeah, and I think if you if you look at this situation with the NCAA tournament, who owns the NCAA tournament? Well, that'd yeah. be CBS. Yeah, and you look at what they're doing, and this is my opinion, but I think when you're spreading the tournament around to True TV, and hey, look, I get that. I shouldn't be watching anything past the the round of thirty two. Once I get to the Sweet Sixteen, it should it should all be on CBS. Yeah, I shouldn't be watching it on TBS. I shouldn't be I shouldn't be having to fish around for the NCAA tournament. It should be on CBS. And I don't give a damn if it's golf. And that's cool. The World Match Play Championship. And I understand that. But this is the reality of where we live. And frankly. It's the reality of where the Pac-12 is. Yes. Because I also look at this Mike Gundy quote today. I don't know how many people were paying attention to this today because I have no life. Right. So it's all I pay attention to. Right. Look what Mike Gundy said to the Oklahoman today about, you know, TV schedules and scheduling and unsolicited. Mike Gundy, the head coach at Oklahoma State, said, I don't know what they're going to do with scheduling. Because I think they're going to bring more schools in, and it could happen pretty fast with the Pac-12. So Mike Gundy, arguably one of the most powerful coaches in the in the the Big Twelve, I'm a man. Openly talking about Pac-12 teams coming into the conference. Yeah, like it, it's it's not a matter of I, I I just think you have to understand it's a matter of time. No matter what happens in this this Pac-12 TV situation instability is going to be in the Pac-12 for a very long time. And I, yeah. I, I just, I think it's really unfortunate because the Pac-12 is a wonderful league. Yeah. It is a, it, it, I am a huge Pac-12 fan and it is, yeah, it is really unfortunate. Um, the Monty Ghost says, uh, do you need any chairs moved or doors open? Always happy to help around the studio when needed. <laughs> had a chair, hey. had a chair outside the studio door, move a foot to the left yesterday on its own. Jake was not there. I was right here. <coughs> Chair moved a foot to the left on its own. So, you know. Uh, like button, casuals. Yes, please uh, hit the like button. You're a casual. There, look at this. There is plenty of toast for all the butter. 
Again, if you missed the show yesterday, Mr. Genius over here, uh, you know, yeah, Cole Beasley. Yeah, Cole Beasley yeah. over here is like, oh, hey. It's fucking Cole Beasley. You know, if, if is there enough butter for all the toast? And now, and now we get an account. Now we get an account. <laughs> there is plenty of yeah. toast for all the butter. Yeah. Brilliant. Yes, dude. Here for a Marco Polo update from Jake, which was the other thing yesterday. Yeah. Him and, and, and you know, voluptuous one. Yeah. You guys are going back and forth on some porn app. <laughs> Not a porn app, dude. Jesus. <laughs> so the the app is called Marco Polo. Yeah. And it is a video messaging app. Yeah. And the voluptuous one sent you a message on video yesterday. Dilly, dilly. dilly, dilly. Personal you tell him, you tell fat ass that this is not a, a sexting app. Honey. I, I, mess, I message with my grandpa fat. on this app. <laughs> to which I say... Why are you sending your grandpa nudes? I don't understand. That's a little uncomfortable. Right. That's all I'll say. I don't say. think that's what she meant, but you Mike know. Gundy says more Big 12 expansion likely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know. Uh, let's see. Jay Chapman says, your mark sure as hell doesn't think college basketball is dying. He doesn't, but he's also got big brands. And I think this is, this is that conversation about big brands, you know, blue bloods versus mid-majors. You know, you don't have... Kentucky, Kansas, Carolina, Duke, yeah. UCLA, yeah. Arizona. You, you don't have those guys in the NCAA tournament. Nope. So we get we get FAU and and San Diego State Saturday at 409. And it's a minus two one thirty-two game, San Diego State. On CBS. Um at 409 Mountain Time. At 6.09 Eastern. Who's excited for that game? Cannot because wait. Garbage. That's my point. Like, and then Miami and UConn. And by the way, I, I, I don't know. Is UConn men's basketball blue blood? Doesn't eh. feel like it. That Borderline at best. Ray Allen ain't coming through that door anytime soon. No. Right? And, and you look at Miami. Dude, these are, these are small basketball draws. Yeah. And by the way, UConn's five and a half at 149 and a half. So you're not expecting high scoring games. You're not expecting explosiveness. Hell, the, the, the San Diego State FAU game is 132 points. Yeah. That's what is that, 65 apiece? Something like that. Are, yeah. are, are you kidding me? Like, I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. My my feeling is is that this is this is not ideal for yeah, sixty six apiece, dude. Yeah, this is not ideal for the NCAA. Yeah, and I just think it, what's really funny about it too is like it's awesome when the when the mid major wins in the round of sixty four or the round of thirty two. That's awesome, you know. But I guess yeah. I find myself saying like, yeah, what happens if you know FAU is your national champion? What happens if you know, UConn, I guess, is the best situation in the big picture because at least UConn is known and, yeah. and like is at least that's a brand. And you're like, all right, it's UConn, totally get it, cool. But, but it's this, not Kentucky. You're but like, it, but again, it doesn't almost even matter if it was. Hey, listen, if if San Diego State and FAU were some unbelievable, okay, cool, and it was the number wasn't wasn't one thirty, the number was one seventy. Yeah. I mean, if they were both going <coughs> to score health, 70 points, give me a 140. Yeah. If it was exciting and 
okay, I can almost deal with that because it doesn't matter what the uniform is. If the game is good and exciting, it doesn't matter what the uniform is. But the problem is the uniform and the game are going to be low scoring, low excitement. Like, yeah, you're going to have a bunch of moms and cousins and daughters and, you know, teenage crushes in the stands cheering on their boys. And it's not going to be. And I know a lot of people are freaking out. And, and we got this new gambling legislation today, you know, that says essentially, hey, cannot have college athletes doing NIL deals with, with anything related to gambling or, or wagering. Right. Okay, totally understand that. But I need Vinny the bookie sweating it out in the third row with a, with a gold chain on that's going to turn his neck yellow if UConn doesn't, doesn't beat, you know. <laughs> right? You, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, I need... You need the drama. I need homie selling out. Funny. I need him to understand that the juice on the street, you know, says that uh, Miami and you... Like, I need that. Because that's what powers college athletics. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of atmosphere. Yes. So when we talk about when we talk about Alabama and everybody's tired of Alabama and tired of Georgia, are are you turning on? Are you turning on to watch Utah State take on Georgia in any game at all? You're not. You're not. Are you turning on Alabama and Georgia? No, the bigger question is who's not? Who's missing it? Because yeah. it's fewer people missing it than are turning it on. I can tell you that. Yep. Yep. So, and yep. I know it sucks. Again, listen, bro. And kick I, a person I, when he's down. I totally understand it. Everybody wants the the underdog and the oh man, look at her thighs. It's oh my God, Cinderella. Yeah. Cinderella putting on the the gold slipper or whatever the hell it is, putting on her slipper and look at her thighs. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> thinks Cinderella is sexy until Cinderella goes to the dance with you know like Grizzly Bear, and you're like, yeah, that's who you're going home with, right? Like. <laughs> Just so you can go to Pound Town. I should stop. <laughs> I just quoted Wolf of you Wall know. Street. Hey, how about our good friends at Bucked Up? Look at this thing. <laughs> you guys. You guys. Bucked Up Energy came through. Can you measure huge. it? Look at my, my hydro jug. This thing is amazing. Yeah. That's what you get from Bucked Up. You get amazing. So quick story on Bucked Up Energy. I was talking to my wife today. And she's like, you know, I'm honey. tired today. I'm honey. Honey, um, you know, like she's talking about how she's just a little off her game today. And she's like, I'm, I'm going to run upstairs. I bought her a case of low stem, the white can bucked up. That's her deal. And she's, she's Jim and juice, right? That's yes. her. Yeah. So we went into the South Jordan bucked up store, got a case of Jim and juice. Yeah. And she's like, man, I'm right back on track, right back on track. That's what it does for you. Bucked up puts you in a place where you can perform. I'm for real. Whether that's in the gym that's gaming, that's on your computer, that's at work, whatever it is. Bucked Up is going to put you in the best position to perform because their products work the way they say they're going to work. And I, I will tell you again, man, the the gold standard Miami, yeah. Bucked Up Miami, zero sugar. Black can is 300 millis of uh, caffeine. I I'm a black can guy. I'm a, I'm a Miami guy. I love it. I love it. But don't take my word for it. Every day I tell you on the show, in the description below, there are three free samples. There's a link for you to get three free samples in, of your choice. By the way, I got my bucked up pre-workout yesterday and my BCA, so I'm super stoked about that. Lazy ass didn't want to go to the gym today. It's a long story. But my BCAs are great. I'm right, super stoked. Right. I got a 20% discount because I used the promo code MONTY. 
uh, at checkout. But in the link below, in the description, it says three free samples. Hey, man, make sure you go take advantage of that. Get their pre-workout. Get their BCAs. And the best part is they have the best shaker cup at Bucked Up. Yeah. The best one. And you can get any color you want. I One of my favorite colors is blue. I either wear blue or black every single day. I got the black hydro jug. Look at the... Look at the laser printing on the front, like the laser etching on the front. That thing's a badass. Love that. But I got my Bucked Up Shaker Cup. You get one free with three samples in the link below. Bucked Up, the official energy drink of the Monty Show. Alema Harrington coming up in about an hour right here on the Monty Show. Let's get your comments in here. Chad Masters. I love that name. I Chad. Do. Chad Masters. Says, uh, not every game can be 1990 UNLV Loyola Marymount. My God, George Ackles was one of my <laughs> – him and Greg Anthony, those two guys were two of my favorite players when I was in high school. Oh, my God. Uh, Jeremy, hello. Callahan, where'd you go? Right here. Uh, what about that bucked-up keg you got there? This thing's unbelievable, you guys. I mean, it kind of is, is a keg, isn't it? It's called a hydro jug, and Same it thing. is – look at this. So you know these bigger, it's a, it's a water jug, right? It's a canteen. I, I drink a, t yeah, it's a canteen. I drink a lot of water. One of the cool things about this hydro jug is that one, dude, I will, I will beat any mugger over the head with it because <laughs> this handle, here, close your eyes real quick. Nah, I'm this good. handle is unbelievable, but I love that the, you don't have to tip this thing over to drink out of it. You can... I swear if you make a joke, you can just suck it right out the top. Bro, what are you doing? I love the straw, the lid. It's so easy to use. It keeps your water cold. I love it. That thing is amazing. Get it at buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty. Save yourself 20% off the hydro jug, man. It is awesome, sweet music. Okay. Uh, Brett Yeezy, not a member. How are you not a member, Dude, Yeezy? Come on, bro. Come on, man. As low as $1.99 a month. There's a link right there. He says, money, get, uh, money gets bucked up from Mrs. Monty. 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 Okay. Okay. I, <laughs> you, no. I'm so bricked up right now. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, you could fit a couple of bottles of ranch in that bucked up keg. You could. That's right. You could. Uh, Greg Romano, college basketball teams now live and die by the transfer portal. For example, BYU fans can easily predict last July that the Cougars were in for a rotten season, which I don't think is good for college basketball. No. I, I think the transfer portal works quite well in football. I don't think it works at all in basketball. No, it does not. That's just my opinion. I, I am a guy that believes, you know, I, I look, like look at Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Scoot Henderson, probably in the number two pick in the, the upcoming NBA draft. Scoot Henderson went to G League at night, got paid, Played big-time games, and by all accounts, a brand-new article out this morning talking about how he left a incredible impression on the people at the G League Ignite because he's professional and he's grown up. Yeah. Now, how much of that is branding and marketing? Sure, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. But going to the G League Ignite, did that hurt his draft pros uh, prospects? No, hell no. Not at all. I mean, in fact, I Not would at say all. it helped it. I mean, you know, you're you're – you're putting yourself in a position where you can kind of showcase what you'll do over the course of a, of a regular season. And I think, you know, you're playing some of the best talent in the world. So I don't know how, how it could hurt you. Bonehead says, are the balls attached to the hydro jug? There are no blender balls in there. It's for water. If you need, to, if you need blender balls for your water, 
That's every day. <laughs> That's a problem. Uh, elite players on their way to being lottery NBA picks, driving ratings, not the school brand. See Larry Bird in Indiana State. I, but again, if that elite player, if that elite player is at Kansas for one year, yeah, Kentucky is probably the best argument for this. If that elite player is at Kentucky for one year, yeah, is that good for Kentucky? It's not. And it hasn't been good for the kid. But what about Drew Timmy? Is Drew Timmy a first-round pick? Gonna have to say he is. Gonna Gonzaga. have to say. Gonna have to Gonzaga. say he is. Gonzaga. You know, I I think the advantage, and very clearly, I I don't think this is rocket science. I don't even know that there's an argument to be had about this. Right. When I look at guys like Drew Timmy and Gonzaga, he's there three four years. You're getting your education and playing ball. At Kentucky, you're there to get to the NBA. The yep. education you're getting is how to be a better professional. At Kansas, Carolina, Duke. Yeah. Even Duke now, with Coach K gone and John Shire, the head coach, like, it's not, the game is completely different. Where are we at? I, I don't today? think, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong in the comments. I just don't think that college basketball is healthy. No, and I mean, something I, will have to change. And I think everyone wants to point to NIL and say, oh, that NIL ruined everything and it's mm. terrible. And, and I'm not, I don't really buy that. I think that NIL was an inevitability. It was always, it was going to happen at some point. You know, these guys were getting under the table money for how long now? I mean, hell, at least the last 20 years, right? So to me, I just think, I just think that at some point, you know, college basketball in the big picture, the NCAA is going to have to embrace either one-and-done culture or NIL uh, to the point where it begins to benefit them, where they can start to get some value out of it. Because until you do that, I just don't think that you're going to be as successful as possible. And I, and I do think as as guys like Scoot Henderson, uh, you know, and yeah. Lamella Ball and all, you know, these guys that take a different route, as those routes become more paved and more cleaned up and, and smoother and more available to guys, more guys are going to take that route because I think a lot of guys would rather just hoop and not and not go to class. You know, that's that's just the reality. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. And again, this is just my opinion. It's going to be very interesting to see how some of these mid-major kids do in the draft because I, I think there's no, ma no matter how you look at it, VW and Scoot Henderson are going one and two. But how much damage has been done to Brandon Miller? Because I think Brandon Miller, by some accounts, is falling. And I think that the Thompson twins from Overtime Elite are rising. And I absolutely think Anthony Black from Arkansas is rising. Um, Cam Whitmore from Villanova, I don't know. I think he's probably stagnant. But, like, you look at a guy like Drew Timmy. Yeah. Did Drew Timmy's performance in the tournament push him into the bottom of the first round? There's a decent chance. I mean, I, I, I would agree. I think the Brandon Miller situation is really interesting because, you know, I've I've seen and read some things that say that, you know, is as despicable of a situation as he finds himself in. There are some NBA teams who feel like, hey, he's dealt with all this heat off the court and he's still performed for his team. And in today's day and age with Twitter and everything going on, now again, now again, right? They get eliminated by yep. San Diego State, which is absolutely nuts. But I just think it's it's not as bad, I feel like, as it used to be. Like, Jalen Carter, to me, in the NFL, is the better example of a guy 
who whose draft stock should have really been hurt, but won't be hurt at all because it's the NFL. I think well, Brandon Miller well, is the guy who who people are if there's even because I feel like nowadays if there's even a sliver of gray area, if there's even any minute amount of hey. Yeah, he did this, but it wasn't really on him. He could have been a victim. They're going to find, like, organizations will find any way to get that talent through the draft. And that's why I think the Brandon Millers and the Jalen Carters benefit from that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. By the way, uh, big shout-out to N Donuts, who gave us five members. Let's go! Get started early today. Hell yeah. Let's go, N Donuts. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for the uh, gifting. Make sure you guys... Uh, take advantage of those. And again, if you want to join the membership, uh, there's two levels of membership on this show. There's a $9.99 membership that gets you into um, our exclusive members-only Instagram group. Um, you get all of our news first, all of our insider sourcing on the jazz, the NBA. You would have had the update on the Marco Polo success stories first. You, you would know. have had it already if you were a member. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, but... You can also join for $1.99 a month, two bucks a month. And what that gets you is that gets you shout outs in the chat because we always read our member chat before we read our non-member chat. So we appreciate that. Um, let's see. Jeremy Callahan, can we start calling the portal the Stargate? Well, well, you ain't wrong, dude. You ain't wrong. Um, it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think, you know, Jeremy Callahan also says, Timmy is an overseas dude, plain as day. I don't disagree with you. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a great NBA prospect, but you know, I think if you look at the bottom, like guys like Sidney Sissoko, um, you know, I think the perfect example um, is where is the kid from UCLA? Uh, Jaquez, Jaquez from UCLA. Yeah. Is he an NBA player? I don't know if he's an NBA player. I think I, I don't know. If you have to ask that question, you got your answer. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, right? Like, unfortunately, I, I love. And again, isn't this is kind of the the premise of what we're talking about today with blue bloods and mid majors? Yes. Is I mean, everyone loves a success story, an underdog, a guy who you know shouldn't be there, and you know, like Steph Curry. Well, why do we love Steph Curry? Came from Davidson. He's undersized. He's not strong. He can't shoot. Whatever. And now the guy's a Hall of Famer with a gazillion championships and everything's kosher. Like, but look at, look at like, um, Colby Jones from Xavier. He's going to be a first-round pick. Yeah. I don't think he's an NBA player. I could be wrong. I don't think he's that. Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine's not an NBA player, first-round pick. Like, there are guys, because everybody views this draft as you can't miss. Well, you know, anybody we draft in the first round who's there, I'm telling you there are missed guys. There are missed guys. I think Jet Howard is a massive risk. And Jet Howard is going to be a top 20 pick. I think Jet Howard is a, and everybody's, well, well, his dad's a coach at Michigan, Juwan, and he played. That's uh -huh. great. Jet Howard's a massive risk. Yeah. He's, I, I, Nick Smith from Arkansas, massive risk. I like his game, but he's a risk. Yeah. He's a risk. And so I go to guys, again, I go to guys, you know, from, you know, I don't know. Pick your guy. Who's at the bottom of the second round? You look at somebody <laughs> like a Bryce Hopkins from, from Providence, not an NBA player. He'll get a sniff. That guy will be in the G League. Yeah. And he's going to get every opportunity to build to the NBA. It's the Mac McClung story. Yes. How many Mac McClungs are in this draft? I think there's a lot. I truly do. Yeah. I think there are a lot of Mac McClungs in this draft. And it's going to be interesting to, to see exactly how all that plays out. And yep. the answer is I don't know how it's going to play out. 
I know when I go to barbecue pit stop, though, that I'm getting the best equipment in the barbecue business. Hands down, no questions about it. Yeah. Whether it's a Traeger, a Big Green Egg, a Yoder, a Camp Chef, you know, you hear barbecue pit stop, boom, you're in business. You know if you go to any of their stores, Logan, Layton, Lehigh, April 15th in Payson. Yes. Their brand new store is open in the Jeezy. The Jeezy. Of course, our store where we shop the most is in Murray on State Street across from the mall. All of their stores are stocked with the best equipment. All of their stores are stocked with great rubs, spices, seasons. You can shop online at bbqpitstop.com. Every day, somebody's like, oh, hey, I got the Asado seasoning online. I'm telling you, boys, if you don't have the Asado seasoning on those wings yet, you're missing out. You're not, living, you, you, you're not living right if you don't have the yeah. Asado seasoning, man. I'm telling you, check it out. Flavor Knuckles, bbqpitstop.com. What are you doing for Easter ham? Clinton from the Lehigh Barbecue Pit Stop on the Barbecue Pit Stop YouTube channel. Yes. Has a video about making ham on a, on a smoker for, for Easter. Check it out. I'm telling they're the best in the business, and it's because of the people. The people. We had Steve on Monday, I guess it was. We had Steve from Barbecue Pit Stop on the show and talking about, you know, hey, this is our philosophy and talking about customers first and service first. Go chat with them on their website. First of all, make sure you tell them you heard about it on that Monty program. Hey, Monty. The Monty Show. Uh, but chat with them at BBQ Pit Stop. Ask them, hey, you know, what do I need to do for a ham on Easter? You know, hey, what's the difference between a Yoder and a Big Green Egg or a, a Traeger and a Yoder? Or, or They'll have the conversation with you um, in their chat function. It's great. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Make sure you tell the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop you heard about it. On the Monty Show, Brandon Butler says the Asado rub is always a happy ending. See what he did there? See what he, so see what he did there? It's a rub, but Dude, then he made a happy ending reference. See what I'm he did there? I'm telling you now. I am telling you now that the Asado seasoning, the Asado seasoning is cash, dude. Yeah. Absolutely cash. Yeah, dude. There, there is just no doubt about it. There's plenty of toast for all the butter. You get all the butter with the $9.99 membership. Well, you should become a member then, my guy. Yeah, you should. You absolutely should become a member. And all, all of the gifted memberships are gone already. Really? Wow. I love it, dude. That's fantastic, you guys. I, I, my opinion is that if you have a chance to, to get a free gift membership, do it. Hook it up, man. Do it. Because it is, it is absolutely worth being part of this community. The folks in this community are awesome. That's why we do business with guys like Toast and all the butter and stuff. Yeah, there's enough butter for the Toast. You know, uh, Dodger fan. Already. <laughs> Baseball season starts, what, Thursday? And Dodger fan is here already. Yeah, it started out great, but then we got momentum going. Anyway. The problem with guys like Timmy is that the NBA teams want a younger guy to develop. Being a junior, senior already hurts your draft stock. Yeah? I don't disagree. Third-year sophomores, guys at redshirt, are invaluable. If you're a red shirt and you are playing at a very high level, you're going to do well in the NBA draft. And they know it. They know it. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, Stutter says a lot of J-I-M-M-E-Rs in every NBA draft. There is. Yeah. We don't say that name on this show because yeah. it tends to let, set the algorithm it's on fire. It's a sin. You know. Yeah. Uh, the Jimmer. Yeah. Who's going to roll NBA up draft. with that account? Well, yeah, don't please don't. Um, I think you're right. The and, and listen, there the problem is that and Jimmer's a really good example of this. Yeah, he is. The hype train does did 
did the Jimmer no no favors. Well, and everybody said, oh, well, he didn't get a chance. And, you know, Jimmer, you know, he needs well, to come back. And, and Well, uh, here's the deal. He did get a chance, and he proved that he's just not capable enough defensively. And there's nothing wrong with that. And this is the other thing that I think that needs to be said. We need to stop shaming people for going and playing in Taiwan or going to the Euro League or yeah. like we playing for the Shanghai Sharks. But tell me like, that come on. tell me that Drew Timmy shouldn't go to Europe. I mean, yeah, he probably should. He'd probably be a star over there. But but every guy deserves an opportunity at his dream. It, I think you're exactly right. If you go to the NBA and fail, that's hey. not something to be shamed for. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think anymore the money that's in China and now Taiwan. To your point, I think you look at Italy. I mean, the the Italian leagues pay exceptionally Dude, well. If you think that the LeBron Jameses of the world are not making hand over fist on shoes oh. in overseas. You're you're off your rocker, dude. You're up in the night, man. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, Curtis Shan Christopher Shannon says, LOL, the Jimma. Yeah. Just can't say his full name. I've moved to the point where I'm okay saying the Jimma. The Jimma. Or J-I-M-M-E-R. I, I, I will not say the full name. I won't. Jeremy Callahan kicked me in the Jimma. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it hard. Stay hard. Do, it. Do it. I see what you're working there. Uh, macho man. He played on five teams and got a chance. He did. He did. He absolutely did. Mark Hales, how the heck are you, buddy? He made millions to play a sport. Good on him. Exactly. I, and that's the thing. The gym uh, is never going to need for anything generationally. He made so much money in Shanghai. He is a business tycoon. He's smart. He spent his money well. I, I, I'm connected with him on just about every platform. Like I, I, the things he puts on on LinkedIn. The guy is the guy's a stud. Yes. I'm telling you, Matt Hart. How the heck are you, my friend? Jimmer was the best uh, at best a 12th guy on the bench in the NBA, and I'm a BYU fan. But he got drafted way too high. Great career in China. Yeah, that's right. Jeremy Callahan, my brother, played overseas for almost 20 years and made a buttload. And yeah. And it, that or digging ditches, finishing concrete, pipe fitting, yeah. electrician. I'm going to go ahead and play ball in Europe. I am. I just. <coughs> Mike James. Mike James has made a fortune. Mike Casey Jacobson. My guy Casey Jacobson, the great Glendora Tartan. That's right, T. The great Glendora Tartan. Tartans. Um, you know, like I, I think it's one of those things where. In my mind, we 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 want to shame people for not making it in the NBA. Yeah. And then when Jeremy Lin makes it, we want to shame him anyway, which drives me crazy because I just I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And I think that not everybody can be Kobe. Not everybody can be Braun. Not everybody should be. Yeah. That that's what makes them special. Yeah. That not everybody, I'm telling you right now, not everybody is is the Jimma. Not every if you look at Who's an average player in the NBA right now? Alex Caruso. Do you understand what Alex Caruso would do to people at church ball? <laughs> do you understand what Alex Caruso would do to people at LA Fitness? At Vaza Fitness? Do you, yeah. Like, we've got to stop shaming that guy. I, I, that's the stuff that drives me crazy. If I could go be Alex Caruso for 35 seconds, you're damn right I would. Yeah, dude. You're damn right I would because there's, there's, there's just no reason not to. Agreed. You know what? That'd be like skipping TridayTrading.com today when you damn well know that you shouldn't, right? 
Okay. TridayTrading.com. Make sure uh, you get to TridayTrading.com. Um, $10 membership to change your life. And I say that 30 minutes from now, Alema Harrington's going to come on and talk about Triday Trading. Because TridayTrading.com, I'm telling you guys, they're here to change your life. And it's very simple. $10 membership. Go to their website. You see this on your screen right now. TridayTrading.com. It's very simple. Step one and two are essentially the same step. You pay $10. Look at the 30-day mem- uh, day trial program. Try us for 30 days for 10 bucks. Special offer for those who register and watch. They have a free webinar you can watch as well. Your $10 is donated to a charitable organization. And then I want you to look at step three. Learn one-on-one with your own professional day trading coach to trade using our proprietary leading indicators. And then look at step four. Upon successful completion of your advanced coaching, get a corporate funded account where you trade with Triday Trading's money. And they'll fund up to $100,000 over time. Yeah. And when you make money with Triday's money, they give you 80% of the profit. Yep. And all of that for $10. Why do you think that Triday Trading would be willing to set it up that way if they were just stealing people's money? Yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't make sense. They wouldn't be in business. And and that's what I always tell people. Like, it, don't take our word for it, right? Like, again, that's kind of our mantra on this show. You got a free link to samples for Bucked Up. You know, you can chat with the yep. guys at Barbecue Pit Stop. You can call the advocates or chat with them 24-7 a day on their website. And with Triday, it's the same thing, man. Like, go like go in, register, spend your 10 bucks. If you don't like it, you don't have any commitment. And by the way, yeah. the least you can do is donate 10 bucks to a charity. Yeah, I'm telling you now that... What happens if it does work out? What happens if you are making life-changing money? What happens if, for once, you believed what the Monty Show told the you? The Monty Show. Right? I know we don't have sources, but I can tell you that program is legit. Yep, I agree. Uh, Drew Money says 99% of people will never be as good as their profession as Jimmer is in basketball. Totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah, dude. Little Jizzy says, Friday trading ads make me want to stop watching. Why? What do you mean by that? Um, day trading needs to get bucked up. I'm telling you, yeah, I love it. I, I really, I'm one of the guys who really got back into it hardcore on the AMC GameStop run a couple of years ago. Like I lost my my butthole in AMC. Made Boom. it all, made it all back. Probably too obtuse. Made it all back on GameStop. Made it all back. It was it was unbelievable. So we'll ask, you know what, Alema Harrington's coming up in 30 minutes. We'll talk to him about it. Uh, Brandon Butler says, we all got to stop propping up guys who have been good for 10 games. Consistency is greatness, not one season. Totally agree. Totally agree. I just think it is... Um, yeah. I, I don't know why we do it, Brandon. I think that's a really good point. I don't know why we do that. You know, like it, it's... Yeah, it's interesting to me. Bigfoot... Uh, Duck says most people who shame put down other humans are just looking to avoid or hide from their own issues. But that we talk about that all the time too. Like that's yeah, we what we don't I, need to get into heavy, serious yeah, topics. Yeah. Uh, Little Jizzy says why Shane why Shane try day trading? Why should I try day trading? Just trade stocks themselves and keep all the money for themselves. Well, because. <laughs> No, do you know is what this day, really that hard of a concept? Do you know to understand? what day? No, and I'm being serious, Jizzy. Do you know what day trading is? Day trading is 
it's not long plays. Like I have a whole portfolio of Amazon, Tesla, American Airlines, General Electric. Like I have a a portfolio of longs. Day trading is using, like Tri-Day Trading has a, a whole system and process to teach you how to identify stocks that you're in and you're out. You're in and you're out. You're not holding those long because they're, 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 they're movers. And that's why the market that we're in now on the, on the Dow is great because it's up and it's down and those are called equity plays. Those are called opportunities. So when you look at the, the market the way it is now, a lot of day traders, and it's a, I don't think people understand too that it's a massive pool of people that day trade. I mean, it's massive. And you're buying a stock for three, four hours. Maybe you're buying it for three, four days but you're not holding it for three, four years. You're day trading, you're getting in and out. And people at, I say it every day on the show, if you didn't make $1,000 today at your job, you need to look at trydaytrading.com because the people who go through their coaching and the people who learn their system are making $1,000 a day day trading for a living. And people who do it as a side hustle, and I know a ton of people again at Yelp, our former coworkers at Yelp, I know a ton of people who day trade on the side hustle and make hundreds of dollars a day. It's not the same as holding it long. It is a, it is a, it's a totally different thing. Uh, Afternoon, Sam Lott. How the heck are you? Good to see you. The Monty Ghost says, I have plenty of issues to hide, Bigfoot. That's why you're invisible, right? That's why you're invisible. Uh, Just bought my bucked up Miami pre-workout DeLambo. Let's go, bro. I'm telling you, Miami's my flavor. What do you bet? Miami's my flavor. Do you We're, even lift? I, I just, uh, I am a Miami guy. And again, are people miring? I back it up, you guys. I don't tell you, I don't. And you know what, little Jizzy? This is what I always say, man. I don't do anything I don't tell you to do, right? Go get the bucked up Miami. Do it. It's bomb. Are we clear on that? I love it. I love it. Jeremy Callahan. Lost butthole, made it all back. Sounds painful. Dude, I was worried during... (laughs) And Jake was part of this. We talked about it on the show a lot. Yeah, yeah, dude. Dude, I was hemorrhaging on AMC. I remember. You were like, okay, okay. Guys, 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 guys. Today, we're we're here. uh, I I don't even remember what the numbers were, but it was, let's call it $30. We get the $30, I'm selling. Oh, I remember what it was. It was twelve thousand. Wasn't the number twelve thousand? You were like, because you were, because GameStop had climbed to twenty, and I can't remember where you got in. But basically, the whole concept was, hey, it needs because it had rebounded, like just like you were saying, it goes up yep. and down, right? So it had rebounded, and you're like, all right, if it gets to thirteen, I'm out this piece. I've already set the trade up. We're good to go. I'm out. Dude, I yeah, I, you know, uh, day trading is cool. I would just recommend other uh, prop firms like FTMOs. Yeah. And that's the other thing that, like, if you go to their website, they're not just in the stock market. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're into all kinds of, they're into all different kinds of indexes. And it's, Dan, it's awesome. I, I, they are, I, I love all of our partners, but the funny thing is Triday Trading is a, a local company. They've been around for over a decade. They're in Lehigh. They just break their ass, man. They like work really hard and they've made it. Like they are, there yeah. is no doubt in my mind, no matter where you listen to this show, because I know we have a, a, a national audience now, I totally get that. Florida, Texas, LA, Vegas, New York, New Jersey, no matter where you listen to this show, Triday Trading is for you. That's what I love about it. They can help everybody. It's, it's unbelievable. Truck Stop Gumby says bacon. Okay. 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 
That's awesome. Uh, so anyways, what's up with Kleovcock, Jeremy Callahan says. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, man. George Kleovkoff, you don't... Am I the only one who thinks it's, it's interesting that he has not met with the media? Nope. And again, we were told he's not meeting with the media because he's not authorized to speak. He is not speak. permitted. He's not authorized to speak on behalf of the Pac-12 right now. Yeah. Which I think is really smart. Football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty program. You got to pull it out faster than that. Yeah, I know. Slow on the draw. Uh, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. We will get back to the Pac-12. Uh, Big 12 coming up at about 4.30. Stick around for that. We got to talk about this flexing games on Thursday night. Right. Where do you guys come down on this? Because I, I don't know. I don't see a way that this works. And if I'm crazy or if I don't know what I'm talking about, please do tell. I do not see a situation where the NFL can say a week out, hey, we're going to move the Bears-Lions game to Thursday night football. And they're saying that they can, every team can be forced to play two Thursday night games a year now. Right. I, I don't understand how this works because, one, if I'm Jimmy from Northbrook, Illinois, Jimmy, and I'm a season ticket holder, well, I can't go to the game on Thursday night because I'm laying pipe on Friday morning. Right. Right? Like, I have a job. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm from Detroit. I have a trip planned for, for Friday morning. I'm flying into Chicago, staying Friday, Saturday, Sunday, flying back home on Sunday on Monday morning, which is a very common occurrence. What do you say to that guy? Well, yeah, but a week from uh, the game's a week from now, and you're screwed because we're changing it to Thursday night. Like you're completely screwing those guys. Yes. Oh, by the way, how are you going to have a team play a Sunday Thursday game not once but twice a year? That uh, am I the only one who thinks this is absolutely ridiculous? Yeah, and I think the the struggle is is that it's not to ease scheduling concerns. That's not why they're doing this. Why are they doing this? It all comes down to money, dude. What do they want? They want better matchups on Thursday night so they can make more money so that their their distribution partner, Amazon, can make more money and get more views. We get it, okay? I understand it, but I just, I don't think that the front office cares about, about or I don't I think don't. the league office cares about player safety. I, I really just don't believe it if they do this. Yeah, I agree, uh, totally. I, I just, you can't sell me anymore that you care about player safety when you're trying to get guys to play on, you know, if you think about it, okay, so I played Sunday. Now I get Sunday night off, let's say. Monday probably is an off day. I would think, because most teams change their off day to Monday when they're playing Thursday, because universally Tuesdays are off days in the NFL. So let's say you're, you played Sunday, you're off Monday. So you're off all day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's a travel day, Thursday you play. Yeah. So you're getting three days essentially to recover from a game. Brutal. I, I it, it's crazy. It's I, I just don't see how. Yeah, Jeremy, exactly right. There are quite a few people from Iowa who plan to go to games: Chicago, Minneapolis, St. Louis, KC. That totally wrecks it for them. There's just no way to do that. Robert Moffat says I like laying pipe. Hope you're certified. The comment section is absolutely lit Yeah, the right comment now, section is, is a little wild today. <laughs> Drew Money says, uh, never pull it out slowly. <laughs> There's plenty of toast for all the butter wants a Marco Polo update. Uh -huh. 
Brandon Butler wants to know if the Washington president put the ball uh, ball gag on Georgie Boy. <laughs> Jeremy Callahan says Marco, to which Brett Burnett says Polo. You guys. Bro. Come on. Uh, Ken Williams, who was just on fire in the exclusive Monty Buddy Show Instagram was chat. pissed about the jazz. That's crazy. The NFL losers don't care about the fans or the players. Now they're NFL losers. Okay. Matt Hart, I still not watch Thursday night football. The games are always garbage except for the first one of the year or teams are coming off bye weeks for the weekend before. Yeah, I yeah. don't disagree with that. Yep. That, And that's why I say like, now that the Thursday night package is on Amazon, I don't think we really have any idea how many people actually watch Thursday night football. I don't think we have a full grasp on it. I really don't. I that, think, that's yeah, just my opinion, though. I think this the second season of this is a much better measuring stick because, again, I think the first five to seven weeks that you're on a new platform, you're just still teaching people and training your viewer, you know, that that's where they can find you. And so to me, it's like, hey, it, you need to have... Like, Thursday night should be treated like Monday night in the sense I would that agree. you should have premier matchups. But the problem is, again, you can't have every single day be premier matchups. There's going to be no, dog can't. crap matchups. Go ahead and hit the like button. Uh, it really helps the channel grow. Thank you so much for doing that. Good to see everybody. What do you guys make of this Lamar Jackson situation? Because now here comes Deion Sanders supporting Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Let's How go. about this? This is wild. This is absolutely wild. So Lamar Jackson got crazy and tweeted uh, because the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, right? Arthur Blank said, there's no sign. Uh, there's been no sign of a change in the team's thinking. Falcons owner Arthur Blank said, the two situations are very different between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. He said, quote, there's no question that Jackson is one of the top quarterbacks in the league but that it was a different player, different time last offseason. Arthur Blank also said, Look at it up. looking at it objectively, I say there's some concern over how long Lamar can play the style of game. Hopefully a long time, but he's missed five, six games each of the last two years. Each game counts in our business. Lamar Jackson got pissed and got on Twitter. I don't remember me sitting out uh, on my guys week one versus the Jets. To week 12 versus the Broncos, but here's the problem. You sat out the rest of the year. Yeah. And nobody believes that you were you were injured. Yeah. He said, let's get real. I'd rather have 100% PCL than go out there and play horrific uh, or horrible, forcing me to put my guys in bad situations. To which, again, Coach Prime made the best point of all. When he said, stop explaining yourself to fools and allow the fools to be fools. Like, this is the thing about Lamar Jackson when you have Meek Mill going up to the owner of the, the Patriots. Brutal. Meek Mill goes up to Rub and Tug Robbie. And Rub it's and like, Tug Robbie. Bobby Kraft. Wow. Rub and Tug Robbie and says, hey, Lamar Jackson wants to play for the Patriots, to which, you know, Rub and Tug Robbie said, hey, Talk to Bill Belichick because that's his job. And now the Patriots are not going for Lamar Jackson. Damn. This is so embarrassing. If you are Lamar Jackson, how have you fallen to this point? I don't understand yeah. it. Yeah. I would love to understand it. But Lamar Jackson, I think, has absolutely torpedoed his career. Yeah. And, and it is, it's remarkable to me that he has done that. 
And right now, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm just trying to get a double bacon cheddar. Fresh out of Papa Murphy's Kitchen, the limited time double bacon cheddar pizza. Uh, actually, it's fresh out of my oven. Dad, it's just an expression. <sighs> Mozzarella, crispy bacon, and Canadian bacon with nacho cheddar cheese sauce. Now that is an expression. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza, so you can make the pizza great. In my oven. Order now at papamurphys.com. Get the Papa Murphy's mobile app. Make sure you uh, download it. So easy to use. Use the promo code MONTY25 to save 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Most of the bros on this show save about 8 10 bucks every time they order, uh, which is not nothing. That's what I'm saying. Gary says, uh, we are treating Lamar like he's a running back. He's a damn amazing quarterback. But is he, though? Is he? I don't... See, look at what Arthur Blank said. This is the part that I think people struggle with. Look at Arthur Blank. This is the owner of the Atlanta Falcons talking about Lamar Jackson. Quote, looking at it objectively, I'd say there's some concern over how long he can play his style of game, Blank said. Hopefully a long time, but he's missed five or six games each of his last two years. Each game counts a lot in our business. How do you argue with that? Yeah, you don't. Right? He's missed a ton of time the last several years. Yes, he has. And I think that Lamar is... is Lamar just is a guy who doesn't understand his, <sighs> his situation. And I think... Again, this whole concept of not having an agent, I think, just just perfectly exemplifies who he is. I, and, I, you know, and I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson's not talented. Yeah, I am not saying that he is talented. He is an elite all around athlete. Right. But he's not. He. If you look at, just go look at the highlight reels that ESPN plays, and it's him taking a ton of hits. It's him running the football. It's him rolling out of the pot when he got hurt <laughs> last year. What was he doing? He made a bad decision. Everybody's like, oh, he was in the pocket. He got hit in the pocket. Right. He got hit rolling the pocket, number one. It's not like he was in the heart of the pocket. He rolled the pocket to his left and then held the football because he's not comfortable throwing the football from the pocket. He doesn't read defense as well. But what does he do? He runs after the catch like nobody else. Which is to say he tucks the ball and runs down the field. Yeah. But he takes hits. He takes lower leg hits. He takes a ton of body weight on top of him. If you look at the highlights, he constantly has dudes landing on top of him. And I'm telling you right now, I have a lot of love for Lamar Jackson as a player. He is fun to watch. He will never be my starting quarterback if I have a choice. He won't. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hater, Gary, but I, I just think the guy is hurt too much. Yeah, He's hurt too much. Uh, let's see. Jared Eccles. What's up, my Cubs fan? Why are the Pats interested in Lamar? Are they already giving up on Mr. Mack? They're not. They're not interested in Lamar Jackson. And the funny thing is Meek Mill, who has a really good relationship with Rub and Tug Robbie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's Robert Kraft. I can't not make a joke about Robert Kraft. You have to. Anyway, Rub and Tug Robbie and Meek Mill are very close friends because Robert Kraft helped Meek Mill get out of prison. And he thought, I think Meek Mill thought he could go and do something. And Robert Kraft said, that's not me, dude. That's Bill Belichick. And Mac Jones, for better or for worse, no matter what you think about Mac Jones, Matt Patricia was his offensive coordinator with Joe Judge. Yeah. 
Two defensive guys, offensive. It didn't work. <coughs> it didn't work. <coughs> so Mac Jones had a terrible <coughs> year. DeLambo, what's up, my guy? I take Carr over him. Yeah. I think that's a very good agree. conversation. I would agree. I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, Brett Yeezy says, wasn't Lamar already Cam Newton? Eh. I think Cam Newton was a stud in his prime. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Fair. What's up, Ryan Fair? Uh, so, do we agree that Lamar Jackson is wrong for sitting out as long as he did last year and not having a valid agent? Absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt that now there's no other way to say that he he handled it poorly. Yeah, I mean, I've always been, and I know that we've disagreed on this, but I have no problem saying that I think the guy faked his injury. I think the guy had had more yeah. than enough ability to play. I think that it was it was a situation where you know the the injury was an excuse, and again. Notice, I'm not blaming him for that. No. I'm just telling you, I think he faked it. I think that's what happened. Like, I think he saw an opportunity. So I'm not saying that Lamar is cheating the game or he's a bad guy, but I do think that's what he chose to do. That's how he chose to handle the situation. And now he doesn't want to talk about the fact that when, you know, you have Arthur Blank coming out, an owner, uh, coming out and saying, hey, yeah, it's a little bit different of a situation because you've missed five to six games each of the last two years, so we are we don't trust that you'll be available. That's the struggle, and that, this is where... And, and we were listening to... I think it was NFL Live we were watching before the showroom. Yes. And they made a great point, which is that, hey, it you don't just need an agent to represent you, right? Like, it's not like you just need the agent to have the conversation. Lamar can have a conversation. Yeah. But what it is is it's peace of mind. It's like, hey... Let the agent be that buffer where no, but it's, you it's, can handle, he'll handle, he, she'll handle all that. You don't got to worry about it. It's relationships. Yeah. It's you need an agent to make phone calls because you have your business partner last week. Ken. Now you've got, yeah, you've got business partner Ken. Now you've got Meek Mill. You have nobody <laughs> because apparently Lamar doesn't want to make the phone calls on his own. He was working with his mom, but no NFL team will talk to him. No NFL team, understand this. Yeah, it's super No important. NFL team is allowed to talk to anybody but Lamar Jackson because he doesn't have a registered certified yes. agent. Nick Hines, you watch yourself, sir. He says, Lamar to the Arlington Heights Bears. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Gary says, no way. Car over Lamar, no chance. Lamar is a billion times better. He's not. No, no, no. We, no, no, no. I took the car car over Mac Jones. Wasn't that what that No, it was car over Lamar Jackson. I think the big Lamar Jackson doesn't hasn't played enough game in the last two years for me. Derek Carr is durable. I'm not saying he's a world beater. I need a guy who can stand in the pocket and deliver the football when the game's on the line. Yeah, Carr can take an ass beating, dude. That's not Lamar Jackson. That's not who Lamar is. T. Lawrence says pay Lamar. At some point, you're going to have to. My question is, if you're Lamar Jackson and you are the you are the Baltimore Ravens, don't you find a number above the above the the tag and say, okay, if the tag's thirty two million, why don't we do a deal for eighty million, or why don't we do a deal for you know what is it? You know, if you want to make a hundred million dollars guaranteed, okay, let's do a hundred million dollar deal, right? We'll do fifty this year and then. April 1st of next year, your next 50 becomes guaranteed. And you're on, if you're on the roster, your next 50 becomes guaranteed. Like, that makes all the sense in the world. He won't do that. He won't do that. Yeah, he wants someone to cut him a check for a certain amount of money. Well, Yeezy, you ain't wrong. Bishop Sycamore's looking for a quarterback. You know. 
<laughs> Good NFL. I love it. I miss talking NFL. Yeah. I do. Don't forget, uh, Monty makes you money. How'd that go for you yesterday? How great. did Monty's big... No, it did. You lost. <coughs> you mean great. I picked the winner, right? Cleveland okay. won the game. Look, Dick, it's not picking the winner. You, you What? You have to pick the... What? You have to pick the winner and then the over. I'm going to need you to talk to my my certified agent. I, I can't have this conversation. I'm 1-0. Thank you. I got the winner and the over last night. Uh -huh. Monty's big bets coming up in uh, about an hour and 10 minutes. Alema Harrington coming up in seven minutes. On the showgram. Yeah, I just think this whole Lamar situation is is just very, you know, I, I, like we talk all the time in, in the league. There's always a lot of talk about how, hey, like, you know, that next, when you're next up as a quarterback, you know, like Dak was, like Patty Mahomes was, you know, mm -hmm. when you're next up to get that deal, you're setting the market. So yeah. the thing, though, is that you can't just universally apply that logic to the Deshaun situation. And I think... Lamar no. wants to do that. And I understand it. I get it. Hey, I like if you're Lamar, you're saying I don't care what what the what the Haslams were about. I don't care what what the reasoning was that Deshaun got his money. He got his money. Yes. And I'm an MVP. I'm the guy that's in the league. I'm the guy that's one of the best in the league, in my opinion. Now, others may disagree with that, but that would be Lamar's stance. And my thing with Lamar is, dude, you have to have some understanding of context, man. That, that that wasn't a normal contract. Totally agree. Jazz at Spurs tonight. Jazz are minus 4, 234 in that game. That's not a typo. The Jazz are a four-point favorite tonight. Are the Jazz tanking? Listen, we, I don't – and Ken Williams, I don't know if you're still listening to the program. Oh, he is. Ken, do yourself a favor – Take a sip of Bucked Up, and let's have a conversation. Because Ken Williams about lost his groinio region in the chat it, this afternoon on, or I guess this afternoon on in our exclusive uh, Instagram know. group for members only. He was upset. Why do we care if the Jazz win or lose any game that they play the rest of the year? Why do you care? This team is so set up yeah. for the next decade if in. And what happened to In Ainge We Trust? What happened? Can we go? It's almost like we're reminiscing <laughs> about last summer. Can we go back to last summer and the yeah. six-foot blonde well, at the lake house? And can we can we just go back to last summer and in Ainge We Trust and look well, at the, no, I want to talk about the rest of the league got Ainge. Yes, thank you. That's what I'm talking right? about. Hey, the T Wolves got Ainge, right? Like that's what I that's what we're talking about, dude. I, I the the thing that I that kills me right now is this team is in great shape. Are you watching Walker Kessler? Homeboy finds one rim where he blocks a shot, runs to the other rim, sets a screen or dunks it, runs to the other rim, blocks a shot, yeah. run. Like this guy yes. is turning into an elite rim runner. Yeah. He had as many blocked shots as the other team the other night. Seven. And I'm just telling you, this team, frankly, for me, and I, my, listen, I'm in good health. Oh, Lemma's here already. Yes. Well, you show up early. You get on the show early, Alema Harrington. Look well, at you. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. You guys got me all clear? Well, yes. Yes, sir. We do, but I was just about to talk about the fact that I'm perfectly healthy and have no heart issues, and if Lori Markinen falls on his back and slams his wrist on the floor one more time, I'm going to develop angina. I'm sure of it. <laughs> like That was one of the worst things I think I, I've seen 
And we're sitting here, I don't know how much you heard, but we're sitting here because people keep asking, well, are we tanking? Are they, who I don't care if they win in another game or lose another game. I just love where this team is set up for the next five years, Eleven. And I think you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, there, there's some Jazz fans that are saying, well, we should have been doing this from the beginning. But I, I can tell you, and, and anybody, you know, all of us who have played sports in the past, you jump on a team and you're there to win. So you can't come in as a general manager, as a head coach, and say, okay, our goal is we're going to lose games. Like, that, that's a, it's, it's a horrible and destructive culture to develop, and you don't want to do that. And so they put a team on the floor, and the team was competitive. And on the other side of that, not just competitive, but entertaining. And if that's the case, then you're going to run with that, whether it takes you into the play-in, into the playoffs, or whether you end up outside looking in and you get you know into the lottery. It doesn't matter. I'm with you 100%. It doesn't matter whether they win or lose games at this point. Go out compete, have a good time, develop your players. You know, we talk about this in, in when it comes to football. In football, if you make it to a bowl game, that's great. And part of the reason why is because you have opportunities to develop your younger players because those bowl practices, a good portion of them, are just going to be the guys that are not playing in the bowl game but are going to be playing next year. And if you look at the Jazz roster right now, you're looking at, okay, what does next year look like? And as you said, into the future – it looks very bright, and the development of players like Walker Kessler, or even to see Simone Fontecchio be able to kind of shoot his way into an NBA career, and who knows what that's going to end up looking like. But this has been an important time for him with Clarkson out, with Sexton out, for him to be able to kind of have an opportunity to do that. Otherwise, he might not. If those guys were playing, then maybe he doesn't get the opportunity. And the same can be said for other players and I would say, if you look at THT, Taylor Horton Zucker, he probably doesn't play as much point guard, if any, if Sexton is out, is not out, excuse me, or if we don't trade Mike Conley. So a lot of these decisions, I think, in the end, are the, the goal is not necessarily to win or lose games. The, you you want to compete. And Coach Hardy told us that from the very beginning, that, that, that this team would be competitive. And then on the other side of that, you want to make sure that you're developing players, giving them opportunities uh, in an NBA situation to continue to develop. And Walker Kessler has just been an absolute joy. Lowry Markinen as well. I mean, I don't think anybody expected Lowry to, to, to play and compete and be the player that he is on the floor for us right now, an all-star and a guy that could very well win, if not finish in the top two, but possibly win most improved player. This, this, all of this is gravy. For Jazz fans, Jazz Nation, you can look at this season and say whether we're in the plan or we're outside looking in, it's been a successful year. Yep. Talking Jazz basketball with Alema Harrington on the Monty Show presented by our good friends at TryDayTrading.com. Make sure you uh, check out their website. We were talking about it earlier, Alema. Uh, I want to make sure we get the plug in early and often. I know that yeah. you're a Triday Trading guy. You used to read the great Triday Trading commercials for us here on the Monty Show. Like, why Triday Trading? Why do you align yourself with the guys at Triday Trading? Well, just like anything else that any of us would get involved with, right? You want to make sure that you're surrounded by good people. And you guys know Ryan Van Dorn. And the guys that are there, right, those are my people. And, and that's how I got involved was really the association and the connection and the relationships because I was doing a radio 
uh, live broadcast, as you guys are familiar with. If you go on location, we were at Tri-Day Trading. I didn't know much about it, aside from hearing you know, our, our other anchors talking about uh, their experience with Tri-Day Trading. And I connected with Ryan. I call him RVD. Uh, connected with Ryan, and he gave me a little explanation about what it was. There was no, and this is the beauty of it. There's no hard sales push. They're not going to try to close you, right? They're, they're just going to give you information. And that's what they did for me. They gave me the information and then told me about the things that separate Tri-Day Trading, which is, again, the personalities, right? The relationships that you're going to have. And these are personal relationships because you do get a coach that is going to work with you. And if you're here in the state of Utah, then you can actually do that in person, one-on-one. -on -one. You can do it virtually or you can do it, uh, you know, other ways. My coach is Jared. I always shout him out when, I, when I'm on promoting what Tri-Day Trading does. But again, it's one of those things where you don't have, you know, like, you, they want people that want to do this. So what they're going to do is they're going to give you the information. And if you're down and you want to be a part of that, and it sounds like it's going to work for you, then all you do is you pay $10 for a 30-day trial and you have, uh, you have full run on all of the resources, right? And so you have an opportunity to try before you really buy because that $10, by the way, is just going to a charity anyway. That's not going in anybody's pocket. That's going from Tri-Day Trading and it'll go to a, a specific charity month to month that may change. But what they're really trying to do is, is make sure that you're invested a little bit. That's $10. And now I'm going to try to explore and find out as much as I can. And they will give you all of the resources and everything that you need to find out if it's right for you. In 30 days, I tell people all the time, if you haven't figured out in 30 days whether this thing is for you, then then it's probably not. But the, the, the key is, right, a 30-day trial is going to give you an opportunity to look at it and say, you know what, I think I can do this. And you can. Like, I look at it from my perspective as, as a guy that's very busy. We're all very busy, right? But how would you like to be able to, you know, maybe make your car payment or, or even your mortgage payment and you don't have to, to do anything more than get up at 6 or 7 in the morning and, and, and trade? Or you can do it during the day. I prefer to do it at 7 o'clock in the morning when the Ford ex Exchange, when, those, when, when that's live. Right, because yep. I usually do... You know, I'm, I'm going with with euros and, and American dollars, but it's really one or two hours and you're done. And that could end up being your car payment, your mortgage payment, your vacation fund, your college fund, whatever the case may be. And the fun to buy that beautiful tie that you're wearing. That's right. Well, I have a deal with Mr. <laughs> Mac, as you guys know, so I actually already <laughs> already got that taken care of. But the reality is that that you can do this and people wonder well i don't know i'm not a mathematician you don't have to be the beauty of of the program is is the proprietary software is going to give you all of the indicators and what you're really learning the coaching part is learning how to read the indicators and make the trades but you can really just mirror whatever your coach is doing or whatever you know the person from triday trading live is doing you mirror those trades and you're going to be successful and yeah. th that's what yeah. they want. They want you to be successful because you're trading, as you know, Monty, you're trading using their money. And yes. in the end, you get to keep up to 80% of what you make. But they want you to be successful because, you know, they have skin in the game, too. Yep, absolutely. Talking to Alema Harrington. Thanks to our friends at TridayTrading.com. You're an AT&T Sportsnet guy. I watch you on TV all the time. Um, yeah. Where are you at on the TV deal? Because I think, you know, one of the things in this part of the world, as you know, you got BYU going to the Big 12. You've got, you know, obviously Utah in the Pac-12. And 
we have all these these interesting situations, Alema. And, and the thing for me is, I think the Jazz are in this really unique situation. Ryan's come in, he bought the team, and I feel like we've got this beautiful, almost new building. We're getting back to the Delta Center. We've got all this excitement, but it's still hard for people to find the, the club on the team. So where do you come down on the TV yeah. deal? So, the, I mean, there's there's only so much I can speak to as far as it's concerned because they're in the middle of these negotiations and trying to find out where is, you know, this per particular franchise going to land. I can tell you this from what I understand and the conversations that I've had, and that is that the deal that we will have coming up in the next year or two and into the future will be the best as far as accessing the Utah Jazz product as we've ever had. Because I understand the frustration. I've got kids in their 20s and 30s, and they're in that streaming world. You guys are doing a fantastic job of, of being able to look at where the future is and recognize that this streaming component is such a huge part of where our industry is going. And so you have to have that, that element and that component. And sure, you know, we've had deals where if you're on Fubo, you can stream it and these different things. But there, people are looking for that streaming option where I know where I can get my Utah Jazz and I just go there and it's taken care of. And those are the things that they're working on. Because what, what's happened over the, the course of many years now is that regional sports network, um, that, that format or that formula has, has really ended up being kind of a bust. And you got, you know, groups like Bally's that, that just can't do it anymore. It doesn't make financial sense. The beauty of our franchise, which you've already mentioned, is the fact that Ryan Smith is at the helm here. And this is a guy that is tech savvy. He understands what needs to be done. And, and in, in a lot of ways, what, what can be done. And it might be something completely innovative in the end, but you can trust that this franchise, speaking of the Utah Jazz, is going to be on a platform where it's going to be more accessible. And it might be the kind of thing that the Jazz might do something then everybody else is going to mirror that because they see what, what Utah is doing and with Ryan Smith at the helm, what, what, what the possibilities are when it comes to a streaming platform. Because... There, there's big franchises that have a lot of money that can afford whether it's the Lakers, the Knicks, or even the Clippers at this point. But for the Utah Jazz being a mid-sized market, um, it's going to be a little bit different. But I think that we will compete on that level with anybody else out there. And it might be a league-wide thing, or it might be everybody individually. But I can promise you this, that whatever comes down the pipe from this point on is going to be much more accessible. And it will probably be groundbreaking and even to a point where, who knows, you might have alternative broadcasts, as you guys know, to be able to have your mainstream and then have something that, that is also an alternative, whether it's you, know, you watch the All-Star game, they got it on TNT, they got it on TBS. You watch, you know, uh, football on a Sunday or a Monday, and you're going to have like the Mannings doing their own part of the broadcast, too. So I think that it's wide open and there's a lot of opportunities that are out there for jazz fans. So you're saying you're promising us there's going to be an Alema cast is what you're saying. That's <laughs> I'm hoping you know. for that. I'm hoping hey, for what, that. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. But, you know, um, two questions I want to ask you real quick. Last one on the yeah. jazz. Talk about Ryan Smith because he's a guy. I'm a Chicago and I grew up in Chicago watching the Bulls. We have struggles with our owner there. Like it is. It's just one of those things where you feel like you're never going to win. LHM was such an important human being, I think, to the state of Utah, beyond basketball and Toyotas mm -hmm. and cars. And I think he was just a really integral part of why we all love the Jazz. 
I look at Ryan Smith and I feel like there's hope and energy around this team again. What is the vibe like? What is the energy like like around the team and around Ryan Smith? I think I would use that same word that you just used, which is hope, right? The, the, I think the, the feeling and the energy is this energy of hope for what the future can look like because uh, you talked about Larry H. Miller. And he was such an amazing person, an amazing owner, because he really cared. Like, he cared about this franchise. Now, Ryan Smith is another guy that has grown up with the Utah Jazz, made his millions slash billions, and had opportunities to be a part of another franchise. And decided, along with his wife, Ashley, he said, you know what, we're going to do this with the Utah Jazz. And thank goodness that the deal was able to work out where they were able to get the franchise. Because what we have is an owner that really cares about the jazz, not just locally, but on a global stage as well. And so you look at at the way that that he treats this property, speaking of the jazz, and he treats it like a company that he absolutely cares for and, and will, will live and die and make decisions based on how to make this franchise thrive. So my interactions with him have been amazing because he's grown up with the franchise and he's got all of these memories of him as a kid and now he's an owner. And so he has an opportunity to have his hands on the product. And I spoke with him recently as we did a high school basketball game and he was happened to be in the building uh, for one of the championship games. And we talked about how big basketball is in sports in general. I cover high school football, so that's a big thing to me as well. But high school basketball, we do the championships. And, and that's, you know, I, I'm invested in that. And he's invested in that. He's got kids that are coming up that he wants to make sure that this franchise is something that they can be proud of going into the future. So I, I feel like we're really fortunate slash blessed to be, ha- be able to have an ownership group like the one that we have, including a guy that uh, just, you know, got the nod for the Hall of Fame and Dwayne Wade. But Ryan Smith is a guy that, that I look at and I'm like, man, thank goodness this is our guy because I feel hopeful and confident going into the future and, and what this franchise is going to look like. And add Danny Ainge to that as well, you know, former BYU guy and, and the success he had at Boston and they're letting him kind of put his, his, uh, his own – uh, print on what this franchise is going to look like. And I, I got hope with that too. You know, all of the, the the picks that we have, the salary cap room that that's available for the Jazz. And then you look at the roster that's on the floor right now and you feel hopeful. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and the last thing I'll ask you, and I appreciate your time. You've been really generous with us. I want to ask you about BYU because um, yeah. apparently you know a thing or two about BYU as well because you played there, I joke. Um, but now you're surrounded by all the, the BYU guys at the Jazz. But the Big 12, this is a huge moment in time. And I think mm-hmm. you look at the, the climb that it takes to ramp up to play in the Big 12. How does BYU manage those expectations? And, and really, I guess the direct question is, what are your expectations with BYU going into the Big 12? I think, you know, one of the things, and this, this is hard for BYU fans to do, Take a look at what the University of Utah has been through as they joined the Pac-12, right? You can look at that and say, okay, if there's going to be a learning curve and more so in basketball than there is going to be in football because football's already on a big stage, even as an independent and a deal with ESPN, they've had the exposure, national champion, uh, and and you go back to a Heisman Trophy and a Dilk Walker Award and Outland Trophy winners. I mean, the, the history there is strong. So I think that BYU, the biggest, I think, part of what they're going to have to adjust to is what the NIL is. 
and I know you guys discuss this a lot. You know, you look at, at, at the name, image, and likeness contracts that are out there with the SEC and the Big Ten, and everybody else is going to struggle to compete with that. How are you going to figure out how to capitalize on that in this market? And again, you look at a guy, Ryan Smith, who's a big BYU alum, and he supports that team uh, as he does all the teams, but being an alum of BYU, you look at Silicon Slopes and the availability of money for an NIL type of package for a team like BYU, whether it's you know football, basketball, or across you know mm-hmm. across the board in sports, those things are going to be as important as um, you know. I, I shouldn't say. I should say those things are going to be important when it comes to recruiting because kids are going to be more and more looking at what's the NIL package look like. Yeah, and and understandably. The, that that's what they're going to look at. So I, I think for BYU, it's going to take some time. I think football is going to have a, I'm not going to, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard because we're, we're spoiled. BYU fans are absolutely spoiled. When, when BYU doesn't have a winning season, we think it's the end of the world and yeah, you know time yeah. for the second coming. And you just have to be patient and ride that out. It's there. there there's going to be some bumps in the road. And again, more so with basketball than football, but um, you're just going to have to be patient with it. And look at what Utah went through. And, you know, the, the be- benefits that came with it are you, you're going to get better recruiting in the Big 12. You're going to be able to get more money and money into your facilities. And so you continue to grow that. But the NIL part of it is a big portion of, of what, what kids are looking, recruits are looking for when they're trying to make their decision. Do you see that Bronny James is worth $7.2 million in NIL? The number one. <laughs> Seven, yeah. and I know he's LeBron's kid, but $7.2 million. What were you making? $7.2 million in high school as a senior. Can you imagine that? I, don't, I, I can't even fathom this, you know, whether it's the 7.2. I mean, forget all of that. You got quarterbacks that are making, you know, a million plus uh, in NIL deals. You got gymnasts that are in that category and across the board, which I think is fantastic that these, these, these kids are, are making that kind of money. At the same time, man, it's dangerous. And, yeah. and I, I get concerned about that as well because that's a lot of money to be thrown at a kid that's 17, 18, 19 years old. I know me, if I was making that kind of money when I was 19, I'd, I'd be going crazy. So we got we to gotta figure out ways to manage, help them manage that too. I agree. Alema <laughs> Harrington, try daytrading.com. Go get your $30 or your 30-day membership for $10, which is a charity donation. By the way, a tax write-off as well. Uh, Alema, great to see you. Appreciate you uh, coming on the show. We'll do it again soon. Absolutely. One more time, people remember, trydaytrading.com. $10 gets you that 30-day trial. You'll have access to all of the resources, and you can decide in 30 days. Any of us could decide in 30 days whether that's Mm -hmm. right uh, for you or not. But it's trydating.com. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You bet. Alema Harrington right there, and I think he's exactly right when you talk about like a 30-day. If you can't make a decision in 30 days, there's probably – yeah, you you, you got to work on some stuff. Yeah, but I, I I think he's exactly right. I think it's ten dollars to change the rest of your life, guys. We tell you every day on the show. So yeah. good to talk to Alema. And I see somebody that agrees with me. Yeah, I don't care if the Jazz win or lose. Yeah. I mean, I care, but I don't. It, it, it in the grand scheme of things, it's inconsequential, especially when you're getting a guy like Walker playing the way that Walker's well, playing. I think man, they've like, done so much more winning this year than anyone thought they would do. Yes. That's the thing. Like, yes. that's the thing I always come back to. Like, and I don't disagree with you, right? Like, it doesn't matter, like, what they do the rest of the year, really, as far as wins and losses. Yep. And I, but I think most of that is attributed to they've just overachieved 
so much. I mean, again, I, I feel like I, I can remember saying on day one of the season, first game day for the Jazz, you know, uh, two months from now, when, when they've won 40 games or 30 games or whatever that number is, if this team is overachieved, you can look back and remember game one of the season and say, man, we're in a really good spot. And we don't even have to talk about the deadline or what Danny's done or anything. You can just know, hey, they're in a great spot. And I think it, I, I just, I love hearing Alema talk about that because I just think it's spot on. Like you couldn't really have asked, in my opinion, you couldn't have asked really for a better season one. I know there are things we're not happy with, you know, the JC situation or any ver- number of, of things wow. that we've talked about. But that Jordan Clarkson situation, that's problematic. Yeah. And- yeah. You know, now I sit here thinking about it. I wish I'd asked him about it, but it, it's really problematic because I feel like left in a lurch is probably a strong mm-hmm. way to describe it. I feel like Jordan Clarkson has put the Jazz in a very awkward place with their fan base uh-huh. because he is an international celebrity. Um, I mean, we, for those of you who don't know, we talk about this a lot. We have a ton of listenership and viewership in the Philippines for a reason. Because of Jordan Clarkson. We're the number one jazz show on YouTube. And we have a ton of viewership in the Philippines because we were talking a lot about Jordan Clarkson. Thanks. The problem is now, I don't see any way they, re- they resign him. And again, if you're, if, you're, if you're here, let's talk about it. You know, like, I, it is just going to be very interesting. Very interesting to see what happens with Jordan Clarkson because there's going to be a lot of pissed off jazz fans. I, I, I am telling you now that when he leaves, and I think Jordan Clarkson will leave in free agency. That's just my opinion. Um, you know, the jazz guys and the NBA guys I talk to uh, tend to agree. They both, who don't know each other, they both say the same thing. It makes zero financial sense for the jazz to give him a three-year deal. Yeah. But somebody out there I think is going to give him four years, and I think they're going to give him $22 million. Yeah. Yeah. And if he gets 80 plus million dollars, the Jazz just have no way to do that. And knowing the NBA, he probably will. There's no way. Salty drunk, my Australian brother. Tough night for the OKC last night. You guys flat out dismissed the Jazz were tanking. You guys have backflipped. I don't, because I don't think they're tanking. I think, yeah. and you can call it what you want. That fall that Lori Markinen took last week, dude, I don't ever want to see that again this season. Ever, frankly. I mean, I thought he broke his wrist when he was holding it like that. Like that, it, there's what is the value of of going to the playoffs and getting knocked out in the plan? Yeah, what is the value of that for the Jazz? I think the value for that, the value with that for the Jazz is that you do get playoff experience. I do think there is some value in that. Um, but mm. I, as far as this comment's concerned, James, I, I, you know, I don't think that we've all of a sudden switched our stance. I've never said not once this year do I think the Jazz are tanking. And I've been on the they're not tanking train since day one. And I think, again, the only reason I'm on that train is because I know who's driving driving the train, dude. It's Danny Ainge. Yeah. Danny Ainge is not a guy who builds his organizations through tanking. And no, we haven't backed Or through the draft. And, and I have to be honest, like, I think you're just trying to stir the pot here. I know you, right? Like, I think you're trying to stir the pot. <laughs> I think you would like us to, to, to try to sit here and play this little game, and I'm not going to do it. I think... That the Jazz are not tanking. I've been on that. And and what I mean by, hey, it doesn't matter if they win another game or lose another game this year. 
is that you've already way overachieved. You've had a hell yeah. of a first season. Will Hardy will be lucky not to win coach of the year, right? He is right up there with the best of them as far as the year he's had. And, and that's why I say we shouldn't be worrying about result right now, Ken Williams. We should be worried about, hey, we need to develop some guys. We need to make sure that we finish this season out the right way because in the exit interviews after this season – I want Walker Kessler saying, hey, yeah, you know, I came in through the draft. You know, my first 20 games were pretty tough, but then I kind of figured this thing out. Now I'm a rim runner who who is blocking right. seven shots a game and everything's awesome. Well, Walker, what are you working on this summer? What do you think? Well, I'm going to get stronger, but I know I need to develop a jumper. Like, those are the conversations that this organization needs to have over the course of the exit interview and the summer process. And all you need to do to get there is just finish the season strong. That's it. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, I look at this draft and, I, I, you know, for me, where the Jazz are projecting right now, I, I my guy is Jerace Walker from Houston. I mean, 6'8", 220, 19 years old. Prototypical body. Uh, I mean, that's the guy that I'm looking for. That uh, This team needs a power forward, and you need him to be your third power forward. Draft him, go sign free agents, do what you got to do. You know, I mean, it's just for me. I don't, I I don't see a lot of value in in playing in the playing tournament. I I just don't. You know, Kurt Meyer says Jazz can stream on YouTube live and free. No, they cannot actually, uh, because the NBA has a streaming contract, uh, so they cannot do that. Brad Turner says, "Wait, have the Jazz been upgraded from a small market to a mid-sized market?" Well, I think Salt Lake City has exploded population-wise. Mm -hmm. Absolutely exploded. Uh, Jeremy Callahan says, um, honestly, we talk all the time about consternating over Big 12, Pac-12, when the reality is the SEC and the Big uh, 10 are likely to monopolize and ruin everything we know and love. Wow. Well, thank you for I, the world-ending uh, comment. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Hines says, I think the only reason I'd like them to make the plane is so that we can have playoff experience for the young guys. Yeah. yeah. That's the only value, in my opinion. Sure. I, 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 I like One game. Yeah, because I don't. Uh, the play-in is very difficult to win, um, and I think you're you're swimming with sharks in that. Well, and in their situation, it'd be te and again they'd have to win that first game. But if you win that first game, then you've got that second game because they're they're in the yeah. ten slot, right? So for them, the the thing would be like if they could be because who would they have right now? If if they're if outside, they were, they're in the twelfth spot. Right. Two games behind Oklahoma City and Dallas. How is Dallas out of a playoff Dude, spot right now? It's gnar. Um, but, I mean, if you looked at it right now, like if you were in the 10th spot, it's Minnesota and, and Oklahoma, New Orleans and Los Angeles. Like the 9-10 game is the Lakers and Thunder. The 7-8 game is the Timberwolves and Pelicans. So you're probably going to have a tough time running that, running OKC down. They're you're too probably, good. And, yeah. Well, and I think you're going to – well, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been out. Again, yeah. yeah, and they're losing but games, games. But two games with what? Do, I mean, what do we have left? What do we have like six games left? Yeah, I but think you it is. you can't. It, I mean, I don't know. James is probably going to want to wring my neck over it, but you, like they're playing Detroit, Indiana, Phoenix at Golden State, at Utah, Memphis. Jazz have San Antonio tonight. Yeah. Boston, Brooklyn, Lakers, OKC. So you have a head to head left still, which is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Denver Lakers. So it's no cakewalk for the Jazz either. Yeah, I, and if you're going to be without without SGA, I just don't know how how you fix that. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, he's dealing with an ankle. He's going to be out again tonight. And yeah. I don't know. I, 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 the OKC needs to make the playoffs. They're no longer in a position to be tanking. Yeah. Or to be indifferent. Right. I, I just. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. They're the, they're that team right now. Well, that's they their are. next step for sure. They are, and there's just it, it's the Jazz are in a very unique place that you hope you are in once every fifty years, where it just doesn't matter. It just does not matter. Yeah. You know, like it is. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Callahan says, "Can we move on to Kelly Clarkson?" We can. Uh, Jack Rumsey, what's up, my guy? Do you want JC back on the team? I personally do not. I think he he is a playoff performer. He's a guy that put him on a team that needs a topper for a championship. Is this the dagger? He should be a Laker or a Cav right now. Yeah. And I I, I just don't understand why they didn't trade and, him. And I think it's important, before we leave the JC thing, I think it's important to say that this is one of the only concerns I have with, with Ryan. I think... You know, what Alemis said about Ryan, what 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 mm-hmm. most people have said. Like, I think Ryan overall across the board has done a pretty good job. I think he's done a very good job. And I think JC is one of the only things that I have some concern about. My concern specifically is that JC is this guy who's been the face of your franchise post Donovan Mitchell, post Rudy Gobert, post that team. JC kind of took over that role, whether it was the jersey rollout, all-star weekend, yeah. whatever. And, and my problem is, is that just like you were saying, 90 million over three, maybe four years is a problem because I even have an issue with the fourth year on that deal. I wouldn't sign JC to a four-year deal. I would not. Three would be by max, and I'd love to do two years with a third as an option for both the club and JC. So for me, I really struggle with 90 over four, so I'd much more be like 70 over three. And and my thing is, hey, you're going to pay JC 70 million over three years that's that's a lot of bread on your cap dude for for a guy who on a championship team is a six man i mean i want to see my six man uh, uh in in jc obviously is a six man of the year guy but even if i don't have a six man of the year guy in that slot i want to see that guy being like 12 to 15 million a year that's where i want that money to be for a six man not not you know what would that be 25 right you're 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 playing in that area with 23 and a half million a year Right, seventy over three. So, like, that's where that's where I say, hey, this is this to me financially is a big risk. As a dude, JC's fine. Love the guy. I think he's represented the organization well. Couldn't really ask for much better. But it's just time. Yeah. And I think those are the decisions that I think define ownership of any sports franchise. Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And yeah. I, I think if you if you look at the Jazz, and this is why I tell you every day, I don't think they're tanking. I just don't. I don't buy that. Yeah. I think that they need to understand, like, what is what is Ochai Agbaji's top end? Like, Talon Horton-Tucker, you heard Alema Harrington talk about it a minute ago. Who is Talon Horton-Tucker? Dude. Because if Colin Sexton's playing right now, THT is not. I think Fontecchio, I think this. I think the entire depth on this team, uh, I think you got to figure out who they are right now. Because I, I don't Agbaji's think you got know. got the goods, man. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. He, he needs to play those pickup games over the summer. Agreed. Those guys, you see the big jumps in development when guys go and play those games. And I look at the Suns game the other night, and if this team's tanking, why is why is Larry Marketing playing 36 minutes? If this team's tanking, why is Kelly Olynyk playing, 
and scoring 10 points in seven dimes. Why is he playing if they're tanking, right? Why, why, is, why are you playing, you know, guys like Damian Jones? By the way, where is, all, where is everybody who's like, oh, we got our center of the future. Where are you now? Where are you now, right? Like Mr. Minus 21 with three points and five boards, right? Like those are the guys who would be playing 30 because or more garbage. minutes. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't be, you'd be playing Johnny Juzang 25 minutes a night. Yeah. They're playing their vets. And the hard part is, you know, it's guys like, it's it's the dope crowd. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, dope. He sucks. I'm a man. He didn't play a single minute against Phoenix. Yeah. If they were tanking, they'd be playing dope. They're not tanking. They're trying to figure out who they are and who they have. That's how I, honestly, that's how, yeah. but like I look at the Knicks. I think the Knicks, when we talk general NBA and who's, who's doing what and how they're going, I, you know, I look at the, I look at the, the New York Knicks and I ask myself, how good is this team? Because you're, you're a guy who wants yeah. to slander the Knicks on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. And lately they've earned it. Now, some of that is that Jalen Brunson just isn't playing a lot of basketball right now. Yep. But that team's four out of, has, has lost six of 10. Yeah. And I'm starting to wonder, like, and I understand they're 10 over. Yeah. But are, it, it, is it just burnout now? Because I feel like the Knicks, they're ready for the playoffs to start right now. Like, yeah. you can see Julius Randle is, is on an edge. Like, well, I'd, I would not want to run into them in the playoffs. Yeah, here's my thing. If you look at the standings, my one of my only complaints about the Knicks has been that I think Julius Randle emotionally is too up and down. When the guy is on lock, the guy can score with the best of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen that. And I think you will see a performance like that in the postseason. I have no doubt about it. And my my big thing right now is, is that I they they are peaking low at the wrong time. Every team, even the Bucks, even the best teams in the league, have, hey, we lost 12 of 15. We lost, you know, a bunch of games that we shouldn't have lost. But the good teams, the Celtics as an example, right? The good teams, like the Celtics, do that losing in December, in January. And now they're hot in, you know, March and April and heading into the postseason. I look at the standings. Dude, the Knicks are 11 and a half out. They are better than 11 and a half out behind the Bucks. I can tell you that right now. They're probably, honestly, they're probably like six or seven games back. That's how good I think they are. You are six or seven games worse than the Bucks, who are regarded as one of the best teams yeah. in the league. And what my problem is, is if you were six or seven back, you would be pushing Cleveland for home court advantage. And that's where I'm like, all right, hey, Jalen's been out. You know, Julius has had a tough go. You're just, you're just, you're, you're dumping at the wrong time. And I think what will be interesting to see, kind of what you were saying, if they can get into the playoffs, Jalen comes back, they get hot, can they beat, you know, whoever that matchup winds up being, whether it's the Nets or whatever, you know, whatever it is, right? Can they win a series and get to the next round? Because if you do that, I think you've been successful based on, the Jalen Brunson trade and the cost of, you know, the the fine that you got and the draft compensation and the penalty you took for going and getting Brunson. If you can win a playoff series, I think then it's worth your time. But I will still maintain they are one player away from being a true finals threat. Yeah, and I'll still maintain that the problem is R.J. Barrett. Uh, it, the guy is up and down, and I watch a pretty good amount of Knicks basketball, and I'm telling you, the guy is up and down. Mm-hmm. And I know that they wanted to trade him, didn't want to extend him, 
RJ Barrett, and everybody's going to be like, he's averaging 20 points a game. That's great. Look at his game log. 26-10, 21-13 points. Like, you're just up and down. Yeah, I mean, against the Rockets, what was this, two nights ago, last night? Two nights two ago. Two nights ago. You know, the guy is, you know, 19 points plus 17, 6-9 and nine from the line, 1-3 three from three, 6-12 from the field. The problem is, is that Emmanuel quickly is 14-18 of 18 from the field, 5-7 from three, 7-9 from the line, he's got 40 points. But it, it's the Clipper game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Where he's, you're getting torched by the Clippers. You, you got, you, like, you have to be able to impact that game. And the problem is, obviously, the problem in that game is, is that you didn't really have anybody but quickly step up. Now, Julius had 19-8 and eight in that game. But R.J. Barrett, that's a game where R.J. Barrett needs to step up. Yes. And he needs to score, and he needs to, like, facilitate. Hey, Claude. And I, I, they're frustrating to me. But I also look at the, like, look at the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> look at the Bulls right now. They're at Lakers and Bulls tonight. Yeah. And Pat Bev versus LeBron part two. And you're getting a team <coughs> in Chicago that's just incredibly disappointing. Again. And it's because you have all these odd fits. The loss to the Clippers the other night, frankly, was humiliating. Yeah. I mean, the Clippers are just, they're without Paul George, and the Clippers are just a better team than you are. Yeah. Without Paul George. Hey, Claude. And your leading scorer is DeMar DeRozan, uh, Nikola Vucevic, and Zach Levine, who are all right around 20, 21, 22, 23 points. And so those are your three best players, and you lost. It, it makes no sense to me. No defense. Because... You, you're trying to, like, they're trying to play zones. Like, they're trying to lay boxes on the, like, what are we? You're trying to overcome Dude. Vucevic on the defensive end. You're trying to overcome the fact that you don't have a quality big that can anchor your defense. And that's the problem. And and uh, didn't they just give him an extension, too, I think? If I, if memory serves, I could be oh. wrong. Vucevic. No. Didn't, didn't they give him? I don't believe so. Well, I don't believe I'll, so. I'll check into that. But By I, the way, but the other thing on that team is, I would assume he's not playing. He's not starting. He's playing less than 20 minutes a game. I, I mean, this team is poorly coached and poorly run. Yeah. Which is not what the Utah Jazz are. Yeah. Right? The Knicks, I think, are poorly coached, which is not what the Utah Jazz are. I look at this Suns game tonight. Dude. Chaboy better step up. Yep. He, he, Kevin Durant, dude, Kevin Durant needs to have a game. Yep, he uh, will. He needs to have. I'm, and, a, I'm a big believer with this Kevin Durant situation that, you know, these guys, he could have come back, you know, a week ago, right? He could have come right. back, you know, 10 days ago. But but I'm a big believer that NBA teams and guys, when you're talking about guys like Kevin Durant, you know, that cut a player, they're going to look at the schedule and they're going to say, okay, where are we at in the rankings? When do I need to come back? And when do we need to start really turning this thing up? And and to yep. me, he's identified tonight. And and yeah, you're right. He does need to come back. They do need to win out the rest of the season. And they need to go into the playoffs super hot, super on the same page, super ready to go. Because it's not going to be good enough to get stuck on some mid-table team like, you know, whatever this year's Dallas is going to be for the Suns, you know? I also think some of this is how long is KD going to be there? How long is Book going to be there? Yeah. CP3 is not going to be there. You know. what I keep saying about Oklahoma City. Yeah, it's a great point. How long is, is SGA going to be there? Yeah. How long is he going to be happy on a team where he's it and they're not making the playoffs? Can you do something for me? Because even when he's healthy, they're a bottom table team. Yeah. So how long are you going to have Book sitting on a team if KD can't stay healthy or 
How long? How long are you going to be able to get Josh Giddy to stay there? How long are you going to be able to get anybody, a Lou, even a Lou Dort? Well, I think what's interesting with the Suns is obviously you have new ownership. Matt Ishbia is obviously... Uh, you know, yep. very motivated, very incentivized right now. So he, you know, he's going to spend money. Um, you know that he is more than happy to throw money at the Suns and and try to get a championship done. And I think you know, in Oklahoma City, I don't really see that being the case. I don't see that being the case. Well, ownership um, there has been a problem right? almost since since Westbrook and Paul George melted down in OKC. It's been a problem. <coughs> So, yeah, I mean, this Blazer situation with Dame, I mean, is anyone going to be surprised if Dame leaves this summer? I mean, I, I, how I could he happy. not? I would be happy for Buddy. I mean, Buddy has been there for a decade or more at this point and and just watching his career melt away into the ocean. Like at some point you have to get selfish. So if you think about this and what's on the line in this postseason, the Western Conference specifically has been super tight this year. And there's going to be teams like Dallas who don't make the postseason that should have made the postseason that are inevitably going to roll their rosters over. Correct. The difference is, is that the Durants, the Dames, I would even say the books, if they were to get bounced early in the postseason, could potentially be available. So that's why I say there's a lot at stake here. Matt Hartley says OKC has absolutely zero pressure to make the playoffs. Well, that may be true on uh, in a grander scale. But the thing that you have to remember is this is a player's league now. And guy and SGA's talked about this. Yeah. He wants to play in games of consequence. And in Oklahoma City, that's not going to happen. Dudes aren't here just to it's like what 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 Braun said a couple weeks ago or whatever it was. It's not in his DNA to to play mediocre, meaningless yeah. basketball. He's not here for that. And I think that there is a large grouping of young players who are stars, the SGAs of the world. You know, you look at book. I mean, you know, you, you pick your guy who are saying, hey, I can control my destiny. I can write my ticket, but I have to do that by saying, hey, I'm not here for mediocre basketball. I want to play in big games. I want the ball. I want to take that shot. And, you know, it's a make or miss league, as they say. So at some point, if the organization keeps missing, and continues not to put you in a good position, Portland Trailblazers, dude's going to leave. And I think when you are already hearing rumblings that SGA's upset about losing and not playing big games, I mean, he's talked about that. Last summer, he talked about wanting to play in really important games. Yeah. And you're not going to do that. In the next five years, I don't see them competing for a championship. And, you know, you look at, you look at the way this league is trending – the West is only getting better because the West is where the money is now. You look at Balmer, you look at Ishbia, you look at the Lakers, you look at Golden State. Those are all billionaires. Yeah. Billionaires. Not millionaires. Billionaires. And you look now, by the way, the Blazers are going to get sold. Yeah. Right? The, the Western Conference is only getting better. Yeah. And you look at Denver, you look at, I mean, everybody's got money. So who made all the moves at the deadline? The West yeah. made all the moves at the deadline. Oh, even the Jazz. And, yeah. And so, but the Jazz are, are are pretty much the quintessential team I'm talking about. Yeah. There's no way to look at the Jazz and say that with Danny Ainge and a billionaire owner who's now got no debt and he is ready to rock and roll forward, they're going to compete for a championship, I would say, not next season, Next season, they'll be a playoff team. In two seasons, 
they'll be pushing for the top of the West. Yeah. And in my opinion, in three seasons, they'll be competing for an NBA championship because they have torn it down and they have really made difficult choices. And now they have all the draft picks. They have all the salary cap space. Everybody wants to freak out about Russell Westbrook. He got you $47 million in cap space. They're going to have the most cap space in the entire NBA. Mm -hmm. Can trade for anybody they want. Mm -hmm. You look at Oklahoma City, their cap space almost doesn't matter because look what they're married to. They're married to SGA, who's already talking about being frustrated by losing. You've got a guy in Josh Giddy who's very young. You've got a guy in Chet who can't stay healthy yet. You got a guy in Lou Dort who, great defender, way inconsistent. And you look at Williams, and again, you have all these interesting pieces. Does any of that add up to a championship in the next five years? It does not. Yeah. And you don't, you just don't have a group that's running that team. And I, I, we can go back and forth about this. You know, like, look at Salty Drunk. I know the jazz is your market. We're a national show pretty much, dude. Like, the jazz are not our market. Um, but OKC aren't at a very minimum on the same path as the jazz. Fuck no, they're not. We're not saying they're on the same path. They're like, not. They're what not, show are you listening they're to? They're not even in the same hemisphere. Yeah. They're not. At, like, this is. Do you have any idea how much cap space Oklahoma City has? Do you have any idea what their cap space is? And, and I'm going to give you a minute while I look it up. Tell me right now, James Knight, how much salary cap do they have? Well, the answer is they're negative 30 million practical cap space, right? Their total cap's 148 million. Shea Gilgis Alexander's at $30.9 million, right? And I'd also remind you that he's locked up for the next four seasons and he's only making mid 30s. His max is 26, 27 at 40. That's what we call a tradable contract. Dort is making $15 million, and then you got a bunch of dudes that are not of consequence. Yeah. You don't have a ton of cap space, right? You don't have, like, Dario Sarge is going to fall off the books, but look at Josh Giddy, right? Josh Giddy is on a team option for next season, and then you're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to pay him because he'll be a restricted free agent in 2025. So he's got a contract coming up. Do they have a history of paying guys? They don't, not since PG and Westbrook. So I'm just asking you, when you talk about, hey, how many guys are, like, how many, how many, how many guys on that team are going to be there if OKC ever wins a championship? Right? Do, do you really think Kenrich Williams is going to be there when they win a championship? <coughs> he's a $2 million player that's going to be a free agent. Right? So... Do you really think that he's a guy who is, obviously he signed this extension now, right? Do you really think he's a guy that's going to be there when they win a championship? <coughs> I don't think so. Yeah. By I don't way, think so. They're not in the same hemisphere, in my opinion. Yes, sir. By the way, what? Joel and James are back tonight for Philly. Wow. You guys, do you understand the amazing amount of recovery that that took? Isn't it incredible? I mean, couldn't, couldn't play in Denver. Scock. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on. 
Come on. This hour of the show presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. And don't you dare forget, all you OKC fans, get that meat. Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Actually, I do the meatballs and marinara. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Get the meatball marinara, make sandwiches out of it. Go ahead, make some, put it on your pizza. Yep. Man, the meatball marinara, they give you nine meatballs. They make great hoagies. You guys ever want to kick it, we'll flow. You have no idea. Papa Murphy's Pizza, make sure you use the promo code MONTY25. Um, Let's see, Salty Drunk says, so why are the Jazz any better off uh, to retain or attract studs? Um, Because they're not trying to retain studs. They traded them. They traded them, all of them. I mean, your stud is Laurie Markkinen. And then Walker Kessler, who's a rookie. So you control that guy. And then you have a ton of cap space. I mean, are we... are we really are having we speaking, this conversation? Are we speaking Russian today or or what is the like, James, are we really are you really trying to say that Oklahoma City is better off than the Jazz? Is that really what you're trying to say? Okay, when the so Jazz may have some some players who are who are coming. But in the big picture, the Jazz are in a better place. The Jazz, you guys, the Jazz next season. Do you understand that Jordan Clarkson, Talon Horton Tucker, Rudy Gay, and Damian Jones are all on player options? And almost for certain, Talon Horton Tucker is going to opt out because he's only making 11. Jordan Clarkson's already said he's going to opt out. Like they're going to have 70, almost $70 million in cap space. Yeah. Almost 70 million. If everybody opted in, they'd still have $50 million in cap space. If everybody opted in, $50 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you're only paying Walker Kessler, who is in the running for rookie of the year. He won't win it. Paulo Boncaro is going to win it. So let's call him the sec, because he's probably number two in rookie of the year balloting. Yeah. Right? And he's making $2.8 million next year. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> you're, are you serious? You think they're in the same spot? Come on now. It, like that's crazy money, that that's crazy. You're you're. Do you understand? Laurie Markkinen is not even your highest paid player, and Laurie Markkinen's under contract next year for seventeen point two million dollars, and then in twenty four twenty five he's partially guaranteed eighteen million dollars. Stop it. Yeah, the Jazz are in a. Not, you're right. You're right. They're in a superior position. And Come nobody on seems to want to talk about that. Come on now. I, I just don't, I don't, I, that's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. And the biggest issue, again, with Oklahoma City is they've shown no track record of making pragmatic, good decisions with their talent. They, they just haven't. And you have your best player saying, I'm frustrated that we lose all the time. Yeah. And I want to play in big leverage situations. Mm-hmm. And you just want to blow that off and say, oh, look at all our talent. You can't just look at the talent. You got to look at where the talent is and what they're capable of, man. Because they can't get, they're going to have to find a way 
to make proper trades. Like, you're going to have to find a way to make trades that work now because you're negative cap space. Salty Drunk says, I don't give a toss how much cap space the Jazz have. Uh, you have to get studs to commit. That's why you trade for guys. Yeah. That's why you trade. I'm not saying that they're going to be spending boatloads of cash in free agency, but they will get a free agent to take their money. Yeah. They will. There, it, there is no doubt about that. When and if you, you don't, if you think that in the draft, they can't get someone who can turn into their SGA who can, who, or who could turn into their Josh Giddy, you're mistaken because the top of the draft is loaded. And if they want to trade up and go that route, they almost absolutely can. And if they don't, they still have three picks in the first round. So that's why I say, like, I just think that you, you, I get it. You like your Australian players. You're a big fan of OKC. I totally understand. I'm not yeah. even being snarky. I'm being genuine, dude. I get why you like OKC. I understand it. But you cannot sit here and reference Stephen A. Smith and J.J. Redick and all these national pundits. It's, it was like, the argument we had over like, Joe Ingles when you yeah. said the Jazz were never going to trade Joe Ingles. They were never not going to trade. And, and then it happens and you're like still pissed off about it. You don't get simple? you don't get bias one way or the other, not not here. And again, you're you, you're you're upset that we're not going to like sit here and and shine. And you keep saying we're too jazz centric. Knock yourself out to go find go find your NBA show. It's YouTube. The wilderness is out there, my guy. Yeah, like it, I, I understand. I understand you want us to kiss your ass and tell you how great OKC is. Wrong show. We're not dude. doing it. Wrong show. That's that's not what we do on My this show. opinion, because I, I want to make sure there's no spin, because I know you're going to take this to the members group. I want to make sure there's no spin. I want to make sure we're very clear on what I think and what my opinion is. Yes, OKCS talent. Yes, they are an up-and-coming power in the West. They are, right? You've got talent right now. The problem, though, is that's the surface-level evaluation, which is why ESPN is saying it, right? Which is why national pundits, what do they do? They make safe, generalized takes when they're on ESPN because it's ESPN. That comes with rules and limitations. Go listen to J.J. Reddick's podcast, and you're going to get a little bit different of an answer. My opinion is, is that, yes, you have talent in OKC. The problem is, is you don't have a front office and you don't have cap space that's going to allow you to make the necessary moves to ascend to a Western Conference power. SGA's frustrated. Yeah. SJ will leave at some point. I would guess it's going to take a few years because of his situation. But if this, if you don't sell that team or make a significant change in the front office, you're not going to go anywhere. They've shown us that. Well, I, I look at, I look at who's in the news day, the Washington wizards with Chris Stapps Porzingis. Yeah. They're going to offer Chris Stapps Porzingis a massive extension. Good luck. Yeah. Well, Washington makes bad decisions every single year. When's Bradley Beal getting out? You, yeah, you look at my Chicago Bulls. They make bad decisions every single year. The difference is, They right? do nothing at the deadline. But the difference is, is the Jazz are past that now. Yes. We moved on from Donnie and Gobert. Great. Go win championships, Donnie. We don't care. You moved on from Dennis Lindsay and the bad decisions. Yeah. The Rudy Gobert contract. Yes. I don't know. I don't... I... I yeah. I'm not... And by the way, it needs to be said, and I'm not trying to sound like an asshole here... If you want to go find other NBA content, do it. It's fine. Yeah. We have our opinions. It's our show. But we're not a jazz show, man. We may have started out like that when we had 100 subs. We're not a jazz show anymore. This show is pushing, uh, uh, what, half a million views nationally? 
Like, th- th- this is a big show now, and it's not just the Jazz. That's why we're talking Suns, and we're talking Dallas, and we're, like, all kinds of stuff, dude. We haven't even gotten to uh, to 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 what happened with Roger Goodell and 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 Jim. Like we haven't gotten. Yeah, like, I want to go to this stuff. Dude. I want to go to that uh, Jim Trotter thing. I think it is really important here on the Monty Show, presented by the Advocates, theAdvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. By the way, did you get hurt at work? Oh boy, they also handle workman's comp, and that's not something you want to do on your own. You don't want your brother's friend Kevin, who's in law school, handling your workman's comp case, man, and. I hear it all the time. I can't afford a workman's comp attorney. You can afford the advocates because you don't pay the advocates until they win your case. So no retainers, no consultation fees. You can actually chat with an attorney live online 24-7, no cost at theadvocates.com. They're just the best injury attorneys in the business at theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. By the way, uh, for the Lakers tonight, uh, D'Angelo Russell and LeBron James are game-time decisions. D'Lo looks pretty good into their playing the Bulls. D'Lo actually looks like a pretty good shot to go because he is actually on the floor warming up, yeah. which he has not been able to do. Um, Anthony Davis will play for the Lakers in Chicago tonight. So that Darvin Ham says they are, Darvin Ham says those two are good to go. Uh, so should be good. Jeremy Callahan says do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. Do it. Salty Drunk says, nothing personal, guys. Just a vibrant debate. I apologize if I came on too strong. You didn't. You just don't want the truth on OKC. That's my honest opinion. You, you, like, you don't have to. You, we, we're not the place where you have to come and be like, oh, you guys are the best. Debate's great. But you just you can't expect us to just say nice things because it's OKC. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about this Roger Goodell NFL thing because I think this is a really important subject. Jim Trotter fired for grilling Roger Goodell. Do right. you guys buy this? So NFL media had layoffs this week. And who knew? Who knew? Jim Trotter, NFL media, got laid off. One what? Of, one of the um, best journalists in the business. Jim Trotter experienced, veteran, well-respected by the players, well-respected by the media, laid off. Yep. Is this the exchange that got Jim Trotter fired? Roger, uh, Jim Trotter, NFL Media. Um, You and other league officials have said that the league's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion extend beyond the sidelines and beyond the front offices and is applied to all aspects of the company. I've worked in NFL media for five years. During those five years, we have never had a black person in senior management in our newsroom. That's a problem because we cover a league who, according to league data, the player population is 60 to 70 percent black, which means that there is no one who looks like these players at the table when decisions are being made about how they are covered. More concerning is that for a year plus now, we have never had a full-time black employee on the news desk, which again is a problem because we cover a league whose player population is 60 to 70% black, according to league data. I asked you about these things last year, and what you told me is that the league had fallen short and you were going to review all of your policies and practices to try and improve this. And yet a year later, nothing has changed. You know, James Baldwin once said that I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. And so I would ask you as an employee, when are we in the newsroom going to have a black person in senior management, and when will we have a full-time black employee on the news desk? Well, Jim, um, I am not in charge of the newsroom, 
Um, so I, what I think the, the can I answer your question? As you point out, it's the same question you asked last year. And we did go back, and we have reviewed everything we've been doing across the league. And we are looking at everything from vendors that we're working with to partners that we're working with to ownership where we've seen significant changes in diversity just this year. And I'm not specific, do not know specifically about the media business. We'll check in again with our people, but I am comfortable that we made significantly progress across the league. I can't answer the specific questions. Some of the data you may have raised there may be accurate, maybe not. Last year, I was told some of it wasn't. We'll get to you on that. We want to make progress across the board, and that includes in the media room. And so those are things that we'll continue to look at and hopefully make real progress to. I can't answer because I do not know specifically what those numbers are today. Dude, and then Jim Trotter got laid off. It's an interesting question because I think 99.9% .9 of people believe that he got laid off because he pressed Roger Goodell on equality. And it's hard to disagree with that, man. Like, And I think sometimes, not sometimes, I think most times we play the race card too easily, too fast. You know, like I think that's just how society is. This one doesn't feel like that. This feels like a situation where if Jim Trotter hadn't pressed Roger Goodell, not once, but two years in a row on the exact same issue with his management equality in NFL media, feels like Jim Trotter today would still have a job. Because if you look at his body of work and you look at the, the quality, the professionalism, the respect for his work, it, it's without, without question. He's Fast. beyond reproach. Jim Trotter's a pro's pro. So laying him off with a, with a group of young reporters makes zero sense to me. This feels like Jake he got laid off because he pressed the commissioner on equality. Yeah, and I and I and I think you know for me, I, I a lot of people are using that word pressed, and I don't love that word because it wasn't a situation where like you guys remember the Nick Friedel Kyrie fight where Friedel really had to kind of go after Kyrie a little bit, right? Starts with a basic question, but then they're like fighting and Friedel's getting after him. This was very different, right? You have you have a guy in Jim Trotter who has a succinct fact-based logical question to ask. And and to me, it's like the only reason he's asking it is because nothing really got done about it in his opinion. But isn't this the greatness of Roger Goodell, right? Isn't this why Roger Goodell got extended? Isn't this why NFL owners love Roger Goodell? Because Roger Goodell is a master, a wizard, a pro's pro at taking what is, in my opinion, an absolutely clinical question, phenomenal question, could not have asked it any better. Amazing question that is really leaving the average person with nowhere to go on it. And taking that question saying, yeah, you know what? Not only do not only am I, quote, comfortable with where the league is at on on racial equality and making sure that we have good diversity in our hiring. And yeah. we've, we've looked at all these areas across the league. He not only did that. Notice how at the end of Roger Goodell's answer, he respectfully and in a low key way discredits Trotter's question. By saying, I don't, you know, I'm not quite sure. I can't answer the question because I can't, I don't know if your numbers are correct on that. I don't know. You know, I was even told that, hey, those numbers might not even have been accurate. So he didn't say that the question was invalid. He just told you why he thinks it's invalid. So, so this whole situation comes down to the fact that Jim asked a great question. 
that is transparent, that I love that he asked, and now he's paid the price. And who else has paid the price? You've seen Colin Kaepernick pay the price. You've seen a bunch of other dudes pay the price. The difference was those are football players. Now we're in the media. And again, the NFL is just a, a, a death star, if you will, when it comes to getting people out of their ecosystem, but doing it in a way that nobody can hold them accountable for, essentially. Hiding it in a layoff. Yeah, and I, I think the hard part here is I don't believe, and this was a big topic on Twitter today, you don't have to be black to cover the NFL. The issue is, in NFL media, you've never had a person of color in a management position. You've never had, you know, you've never had equality hiring across the board in the NFL. And I think it's something that is, they do it because they can. Because what are you going to do about it? Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Because you have an owner that pimped out his cheerleaders to his ad partners, right? You have an owner that forcibly, allegedly forcibly sexually assaulted a woman at at an NFL stadium. Um. I mean, you have an owner, you have an owner in Bob Kraft who does not dispute that he was in a rub and suck joint. You know, like you have the, you have these owners that are absolutely committing heinous acts in public places. Yeah. And they're beyond reproach. You can't touch them because they're billionaires. It is what it is. So if you question them on that, and a guy like Roger Goodell, who's about to get a contract extension, you question him on that, and the message you're sending here is, we're going to lay you off because you questioned us on that two years in a row. Yep. And then Roger Goodell answered him, by the way, with a terse response, which didn't help the situation. Yeah. So do I believe that Jim Trotter got laid off because he was black? I do not. Do I believe he got laid off because he pressed Roger Goodell and pressed him on equality and in, in hiring yeah i do yeah, yeah i do I, I think it is it Get is the fuck out it is ridiculous to me that nfl owners get away with with murder yeah players are heavily heavily scrutinized media members apparently are heavily heavily scrutinized and you look at situations like demar hamlin and demar hamlin Ooh. Yeah. We're doing we're doing the tinfoil hat body double thing. Yep. Infowars.com. I think Colin Kaepernick made his own bed, and I hope he's comfortable laying in it because he did a lot of things to just blow his own feet off. The whole workout for the the teams it, it was a disaster. Yeah. Wearing pig socks, disaster. Like all of the stupid things he did. There was a small window where he was about to get back in the league, and he just couldn't handle it. I don't feel sorry any longer for Colin Kaepernick. Guy like Jim Trotter, Jim Trotter deserved better. He earned better. He earned respect. He earned credibility. He worked as a professional. He deserved better than this. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is now I think Jim's got a responsibility to come out and 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 get real with it because I don't know what you do if you're well, but what good does that do him if he wants to work again? Well, if he wants to work, well the dude the dude can get I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean I guess I guess your your credential access could you know, forever be denied. But who's you... going to hire the guy? And maybe this is Coach Flores. Like, who's going to hire the guy that goes after the NFL? Who's going to do that? Because if you're Jim Trotter 
You've already been at the pinnacle of your career. You've already been at ESPN. You've already been at Sports Illustrated. You've already worked for the National Football League. So where's he going to go? Let's say he goes to CBS Sports. Let's say he got like the but, athletic. But what, like, but where's is he, he going to go is now? Is he a big enough name to start it to start his own thing? To to be one of these guys that, that I don't know that has his. You know, you know what I mean though. Like I think in today's day and age, there's a little bit more bandwidth, a little bit more runway. I would agree. You know, to to be a guy that that has your own reporting. But I think to your point, like what I what I think about is, hey, okay, let's say he couldn't get hired and he did his own thing. Would they, Would they? as an example, approve a credential for Jim? Would they, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I think they would. But but it begs the question. So when you say, hey, who would hire him? I say, I think a lot of people would hire him because I think he's quality. And I, I think he's shown he's got balls for days. Yeah, I would agree. You know, so well, if you're an outlet, maybe not ESPN, but like, you know, there are, there are several, like, sport. you're telling me Sports Illustrated could use I, a Jim Trotter? All I'm saying is, in a landscape in the media where it is hard to get paid. Yeah. I think it's very you're, you have to be very careful not to get blackballed. Yeah. Not to get shut out of this league. I think it is because jobs are very difficult to get in the media now, especially if you're a writer, it's very difficult to get it. Yeah. If you're a spoken word guy, if you do, you know, if you do live stream or I'm just not a believer in radio anymore, but if you do radio, if you do TV, you can get gigs. Right. You're a writer, that's going to be tough to get a gig. Because there are only there there are only so many portals to go around. Yeah, there. I mean, there's just not a lot of jo- jobs are not plentiful, you know. And when you do get a job, and this is the other thing, and I know we talk about this all the time. You know what the other thing is, dude? It's very difficult to go work for somebody because you're going to get laid off. You're going to get fired. Yeah. And then if you go sue the NFL or you go attack the NFL or whatever, then you're never going to get a job. I just think it's it's really difficult. Court McMullen says these their owners aren't beyond reproach. Society just likes to pick and choose what they really care about. Owner is uh, owner in happy ending massage parlor. Meh. Said something racist that one time. Out of here. Well, dude. Yeah. How long is Daniel Snyder hung on in in Washington? Or excuse me, <laughs> Washington. Right. They could not get him. Look at the name change fiasco. How long do, were, were was that organization named the Redskins? Yeah. Beyond the, and then he wouldn't, like, how long? Because now, by the way, Washington is a great example. If you buy the Washington Commanders, are you changing the name away from the Commanders? That's a terrible name. Yeah, it is. Right? You Don't you have to change the name? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to, I mean, it's a, it's a project for sure. The name, the building, you know, by the way, I think you got to change the Sean Taylor Memorial. Um, oh, my You know, God. like, I think uh, I, there's a whole boatload of things going on there, but, but I don't know. I guess my point is, is that, is that I think that Jim knew what he was doing here. I think, you know, a guy of his experience understands that there are certain repercussions for things you do. I just don't think that the repercussion, what was on that list is getting laid off from the NFL with a bunch of hacks who've been in here for a year. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's kind of the thing. He, yeah. I don't know. It's not, it's unfortunate. It, It really is unfortunate. I just, Jim Trotter's a good human being. He is. Jim is Jim is a is a good he's a good dude. Uh, Matt Hartley, Washington Commanders is somehow worse than the Washington football team. How? It is. How did you pick? Yeah! Bro, how did you pick the worst possible name ever for a football team? Yeah. And and I mean ever. 
Washington Commanders, Washington football team at least had a ring to it. Yeah. It was at because least like garbage. Yeah, it's like we were mocking you. Well, and it had like some backyard football vibes, Dude. right? Or like it just had a good, a decent little vibe to it. But Commanders is just oh, garbage. Man. Yeah, Adam T. I totally agree. Change the name. New stadium, start over. Yes. yes. You have to. You got to separate yourself from the Dan Snyder area, dude. DeLambo says the Washington Swamp Monsters would be cool. Yeah, I mean, how would you? How, <laughs> how, 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 would, you, how would you not? Boyd Lake says Kaepernick probably realized he was worth more as an activist. He ain't Getting hurting. Nike money. He ain't hurting. Ruff's official uh, says the woke crying part of the show. Well, I'm glad you decided to comment for once in your life. Jorge says it. it's like asking why Monty's show doesn't have a color co-host. Well, no, you would have to say, well, why do you guys never talk about, you know, issues of race, creed, or color? And why do you guys never put, you know, people of color on the show? Like NFL media goes out of their way, unless it's a former player. Look at who covers the NFL. Look at who owns the NFL. Look at who the commissioner is in the NFL. Yeah. Look at who the GMs are in the NFL. Look, look at who the head who, coaches are. And then look at who's in the players union. And look at who runs NFL Network. Look at yeah. who runs NFL.com. Yeah. Look at who represents the teams. Look at the people of power and importance in the NFL. <coughs> it's not by accident. Yeah. It is not by accident. And it, I don't it think truly it's like is woke or outrageous to say. Oh, I that. don't think it's woke at all. I, I, and I'm not even. Again, I feel like everyone when we talk about issues of race and sports, everyone's like, "Oh, well, you guys are just complaining." I'm not complaining at all. This is the Lamar Jackson thing. Yeah. Hey, dude, like I don't have a problem with you not having an agent. I just think you're an idiot. I just think you're I totally foolish. Agree. Like I just think you're dumb. Totally agree. Like this NFL situation, I have no problem saying. I think the NFL has some issues. I think we've moved on from the domestic violence chapter of NFL history. Yes. And we've we've begun the chapter of people are no longer scared, like like Jim, are no longer scared to ask these questions. Because what can Jim Trotter go and do? And, and you tell me if I'm way off base here, because I know I'm the young shithead millennial on this show, <laughs> right? But I have no... That's very accurate. No concern or worry that Jim couldn't go out and start his own outlet and make it a thing. You're telling me that Jim Trotter, a legacy guy in the league, I know Jim Trotter, right? The 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 dirty millennial knows Jim Trotter. If I know Jim Trotter, he's had a damn good career, right? So if if I know him, then I believe that Jim could go out and be fine. He could find a way to make a living doing what he's doing. And that's what I think has become more palatable. Yeah. The advent of, you know, uh, whether whether we're doing live streaming or the individual writer or whatever, that sect of business has grown. So now yeah. people don't have to worry like, oh, my God, they laid me off. What am I going to do? Well, we were talking to a guy this afternoon about streaming and, you know, yeah. it, it's just a different world now. And I, and I know we talk about this a lot on the show, but it, it's just a different world now. And you, you can't, you cannot, in my opinion, you cannot anymore just ignore these issues that that face Americans every day. Yeah. You you just you can it'd be like us being like, oh, it snowed a lot. Who cares? There's gonna be flooding, schmutting. Like you're you're ignoring the 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 biggest issues in in society. Because yeah. that's what sports is. And I think a lot of people forget that that sports very closely mirrors society. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when when economic crunch happens 
teams are going to spend less money. When money's plentiful, they're going to charge more for tickets and concessions, and you're going to pay 20 bucks for a Modelo at a game. Yeah. You're, you're going to do that. You know, like you're, you're absolutely going to do that. Yep. So sports mirrors life when there's re- issues of racial inequality. Look at all of the, the Black Lives Matter movement. Look at the police violence issues. Look at the Breonna Taylor issues. Like you, yeah. you look at all of these societal issues that we have had whether it's politics, social justice, any of that stuff. It, where do we find out about it? Where do we hear about it? Sports. Yeah. Brittany Griner, sports life. Like yeah. the crossover is constant, man. Yeah. And, and, and I don't love it. I got to be honest with you. There, it, it, sports needs to be largely for me. Sports needs to be an escape, dude. Like I, I, I just, yeah. Sports needs to be an escape for me. Yeah. I, I, I get burned out on like, Again, politics we talked about the other day or yeah. people just get so pissed because you, you know, like varying opinions are so important. And if you don't explore these issues, especially yeah. in sports, like it just leads to bad things. Yep. It leads to billionaires becoming multi-time billionaires. You know, like I, I just think that is, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, sports needs to be an escape. It needs to be fun. It does. Sports needs me an escape. Like bucked up is an escape from you being tired and lethargic. Get your bucked up on. Um, again, I see, I know we've gotten like 10 comments about this thing. This thing's unbelievable. It is a, a what, what's called a hydro jug. But this handle. It's it, awesome. You, yeah, I mean, Can you measure it? Get 20% off today at buckedup.com. Make sure you use the promo code Monty to get 20% off. Get your free samples below. All you have to do is click the link below for all the free samples and you get to pick three of whatever kind of sample you want. You also get a free bucked up shaker cup, which I tell you every day is the best shaker cup in the business. And I show you every day, but it seems like it does a lot of good. The blender balls are connected. There's a post in the cap at the blender balls. My balls don't go down the garbage disposal. Okay. They don't wind up on the kitchen floor in the end, the bottom (laughs) of the dishwasher. (laughs) Get your free samples. I would tell you, try the pre-workout. If you're a workout guy, man, the pre-workout, their BCA samples are unbelievable. I'm excited. I forgot to tell you this. The BCAs I got from buckedup.com, great. Yeah. Great BCAs. Let's go. You are a huge huge grape grape guy. guy. Big grape guy over here, okay? Huge grape guy. Big grape guy. So, amazing. Uh, Buckedup.com, in the description below, click on the free sample link. Uh, Drew Money says, you guys just had Gloria and Alemina on back-to-back days. Both POC. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, people of color. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I, you, we're, we always, the thing that we do is we put on principles. It doesn't, you know, anyway. Salty Drunk says, you do realize it's plenty of butter for the toast, right? Hey. You know. The best comment you've made all day, James. There's plenty of toast for all the butter. It's a, I think that's a mocking name. Uh, Marco Polo update. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Kurt Meyer says we want we want updates. We want update. Jake, pull it out, buddy. I want it. I mean, you're probably going to have to put the the uh, the redhead on the show. Yeah, it could happen, dude. I mean, I'm going to have to ask her, but her gorgeousness needs to appear. Yeah, yeah. So when are you guys going out on a date? Thursday night, tomorrow night. Oh, that's right. She's going out of yeah, town. Yeah, she's going out of town for the weekend on family thing. Um, how did she react to the Marco Polo video? She thing thought it week? was funny. She said, quote, I just laughed my ass off. So okay. she was about it. And then she proceeded to watch the show. 
Um, she saw your guys' comments, so now we know that she is a supporter of the Monty program. The Monty program. So we're in a good place. And you're, and, so. Well, and you're in a good place if you get bucked up Miami like uh, Brady Cook does. Yeah, let's yeah, go. I'm telling you, man, you got to get go. bucked up. Miami is is and, and again, cheers, friends. Yeah, here, come on, let's, let's My, get in here. Yeah, right? cheers, go. dude. Yeah, Miami is is the best way to go about it. Damn it. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, we're on a heater, baby. We are on a heater. I love it. I could drink can after can. Uh, yes! <laughs> I feel like I pushed a little bit. A little bit. A little forceful, but it's okay. It's okay. I feel like I pushed a little bit. Salty Drunk says, that's not nice, Jake. I thought uh, the show was an open floor for opinions. James, come on, dude. What do you mean? What did you say that wasn't nice? His, his comment about buttered toast, I said, was the best comment he had all day. Now he's getting all... Oh, stop. James, you're our guy. Like, why do we always... James, I feel like here? I feel like we go through this this thing with you sometimes. You're our you're like you're one of our long times, dude. We love you. You owe us beer that you've never paid. You owe us beer you, you've you never need paid. To clarify, are you really upset right now? Like, you, I I kind of feel like you need to clarify. Are you seriously upset right now? Because you have no reason to be upset. Come on now. We've read a ton of your comments today. Mister Preston says, "Put the hottie on." I gotta ask her first, though. I gotta ask her. C. Kaufman says, "Sounds like she's a keeper." We'll see. Ken Williams. Good luck, Jake. Told you there is always someone out there for you. See, Ken sold his, his ranch. And now he's like a million-dollar pimp giving out <laughs> he's ideas. He's chilling, dude. Dude, th this is what I think is funny, Ken. And Ken, I love you for this. So Ken is a guy who had this ranch, and he sold the ranch. He's retired. He's, he's, he's papered up now. He's got iced-out chains and horses and all this great stuff, right? Horses. Yeah. And so... So my guy at two o'clock this afternoon is literally has taken lost a step. His shit. Lo Absolutely like, I'm lost about his shit. My guy went code ten aboard, like oh Nuketown launch codes in the chat and did and did voice messages I in mean, the chat talking I'm talking about this is BS. These guys should be playing. JC is a fraud. Like all it was amazing, ah! dude. It was amazing. <laughs> And then he's like, hey, by the way, by the way, I got to go milk the teats on the cows, so yeah. I'll be back. You guys want to see the teats? <laughs> Kent, and the best part is it's just awesome to watch. It's just awesome to watch. Yeah. Because Ken always brings it. There's nothing that you can see or do. There, you just, He always brings it. Yeah. It's so, amazing. Marco Polo update is she had a lot of fun. Marco. She was a big fan. Polo. Thinks the show is awesome. Marco. So we're in a good place. Yeah, and by, please don't tell me that that's not a sexting app. It's not. Stop. It's not. How is it a sexting app? First of all, if, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> and come on, let's go. I, I, need, I need the assistance. Come on. Wait, what are you talking about? It's a video. Let me get this right. Marco Polo is an app where you yeah. send a video, she sends a video. You send a video, she sends yeah, a video. Yeah, you talk to each other. If you're not, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do it over video when I can get it in person? Because you have no game, God Yes, damn it. I do. No, you don't. Why do you, you always, dude, why do you play this? Why do you play this? Why do why, I play why, why do you push this? This fake narrative, this fake news. I'm not the virgin in the room. I'm not a virgin either. Y'all. <laughs> I'm not. First of all, 
You guys are exchanging videos. Yeah. If you have not seen the Valley of the Sun on video, that's a you problem. Yeah, take it. See ya. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway. Anyways, Bigfoot Duck. <laughs> what did I do? Uh, those redheads are great. Been married to two of them <laughs> and evolved with a involved <laughs> I've been married to two of them. Vexes me. What's wrong? The first two didn't believe in Bigfoot? Terribly vexed. What happened? Poor Jake. Ken Williams says, poor Jake. <laughs> Salty drunk. All the way from Australia, mate. You owe me beer. Us. Us. We. Us. Two O's in Redhead. Thank you. Thank two you. O's. <laughs> um, Jake, let me give you some advice for free. Okay, give me some free game here. Give me some free game. Because he's broke, too. Yeah. Um, as somebody who has been with redheads, bro, get some rest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jorge says, yeah, get the redhead on. You guys are carnivores. Um, Drew Money, that's all I've used Marco Polo for. What? Thank you. You know for what? I don't. Yeah, you don't. He needs to explicitly say. Jeff I, Johnson know, says, ha ha. I mean, I, you know, I can't, you know. Ginder says, Jake's yeah. got game. Come on, Monty. No, none. Z yeah, I, whatever, not dude. none. Zero. Whatever, dude. Am I wrong? Yeah, you're wrong. I am wrong. Yeah. How am I wrong? I have game, dude. Uh, <laughs> wow. There's like a, a hundred people around, so. So what? That means you can't, you can't let her rip? Wouldn't want to offend anybody. Jake is turning <laughs> red, red, and red. So we just see what he did there. Yeah, like, I guess so, man. You know. Yeah, man. Uh, Billy Madison time. Gary says, I missed the story. You missed the story. Dude, Gary, bro, come on. I know you had to leave the show and come back. We did a Marco Polo update. Marco. Update was that, that she was happy with it. She thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. She said she laughed her ass off. She genuinely seems like a nice gal. Yeah, I mean, she's she's definitely a lot of fun, for sure. She's got, uh, and, and honestly, obviously, I've seen what she looks like. She's got beautiful hair. Yeah. She's got beautiful personality. Like, she's just, she seems great. Yeah. We need to figure out what the, like, does she have one leg? Like, is one of her, <laughs> does she have a glass eye? Like, we need to figure out. A glass out, eye. Is she walking around with a bunch of lice? Like, there's got to be something. <coughs> there's always something. We'll there, see. There's, like, you know. Yeah, we'll see. I, I we'll see. I it, we've only been on one date. We'll see. What was your what was your takeaway from the one date? Yeah, I want a second date. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else do you say, right? That's right, T. What else do you say? Dilly dilly. dilly, dilly. Yeah, I mean, the, the t I, yeah, I thought we had a good time. You know, we had a good conversation. Um, That's awesome. I thought that you know the first date. First, so the problem is, is that first dates are always you know you always got to get through that first like ten yeah, minute the awkwardness. period awkwardness and. You know, so I felt like once we got past that and really got into some conversation, I felt like she opened up a little bit and, you know. Yes, Kinder. Yes. So you're dating, and I can't remember her name now, the daughter from, from Succession. Sivion? Oh, um. It's not Siobion. Oh, my God, dude. Hang on. Yeah. It, she, yes, he is. She's, and yeah. They're not dissimilar. Hang on, hang By on. By the way, I don't have on, HBO hang anymore. On, hang on, hang on. Shiv. Shiv, yes. Shiv Roy. Shiv Roy. Siobhan. Yeah, Siobhan. Shiv is fine, dude. Yeah, Shiv is. Dude, that is a smoke show. My God. Siobhan's beautiful. Yeah. Dude. But I'm just saying, one, I don't have HBO, so now I have to go and find Succession because apparently the, the premiere was unbelievable.
Uh, DeLambo says, I was with a redhead and she was a freak. Oh, God. Hey, man. Let's hope she's not listening today. Uh, the Monty Ghost. How many likes do we need for Jake to live stream tomorrow's date? <laughs> Get to 100. No. Today's been kind of a slow show. Everybody hit the like button. Yeah. We're not, I'm not live streaming dates, dude. You're not going to do I, it. I may or may not be able to get her to come on the program. You're not going to I do know, it. No, dude. We're not live streaming a date, bro. That's Why? not happening. Why? How would I even... What, are we going to date in the studio? What am I no. going to do, dude? The Wi-Fi works in the backseat of the car. Okay, but that's... So? <laughs> <laughs> what, am I, what am I supposed to do? Like, plug into the show off my phone? Like, come okay. on. Now, now it's just devolving because... Flipping Greg Hawkins, DeLambo can confirm every red I've been with has been freaky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Mr. Preston, who did a great job on on uh, the Hankster's brakes, by the way. You need a you need any auto repair, Mr. Preston's your guy. Does she like sports, cars, and food? If so, don't mess it up. She does. She does like sports. Yes. Yep. Really? Mm -hmm. I was unaware of this. Fat Jesus says she has a tail. Yeah, does she have a tail? We got to figure out what's wrong with this one. No. By the way, Fat Jesus, my guy, good to see you. Yeah, I, I like we need to figure out like what's the, like what is the, does, I mean, is she like secretly a werewolf and she's going to eat you for lunch? Scock. No. Are you going to go to sleep and you're going to wake up with your intestines on the outside of your body? Like what is the, <laughs> bro, like, what bro is the, I do not need that. <laughs> No, no. Stay home. No. What's the, like, seriously, what's the deal? Man? I don't know. I have to figure it out. Maybe there isn't a deal for once. No, that's, in your case, that's never happened. You it just have never to, like, it. snap out of it a yeah. little bit. There's nothing a little counseling can't take care of. Jeff uh, says, Siobhan. Dude, she's fine, bro. Siobhan. Dude, Siobhan. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Siobhan. Uh, Matt Hartley says, Jake's a coward. How am I a coward? Greg Hawkins says, Jake. You are correct in your course of action. Live streaming the date will look really effing. Yeah, weird. I mean, what, what am I going to be like right here? And we're, you know, like, uh, come on, dude. Come on now. Okay, here's what I want then. Apologize to that man. No, don't apologize. If you're not going to live stream the date, I want you to go to goop.com and get some vagina rocks. <laughs> Excuse me, they're jade eggs. Are we clear on that? They are jade eggs, please. <sighs> okay. Yeah, so, I mean, the update is is that we're in a great spot. I mean, you know. Oh, God. Fat Jesus says my daughter is a redhead. Knock it off. Dude, I didn't start this, Fat Jesus. Okay, I did not start this, so, you know. I, admittedly, I'm, I'm at fault. I'm the one who started. Yeah, you but know. But like... I'm telling you, dating, dating is a confluence of a bunch of different weird shit that happens. Like, you got to fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go. You got to like the way they look. You got to like the way they smell. Yeah. And you gotta wanna. <laughs> and oh, by the way, they need to be smart, intelligent, conversational, and have some kind of motor to build some kind of life. Yeah, I guess I'll have to figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Mr. Preston says, Jake, I've seen your camera. Okay. Do you have a nice camera? Salty drunk. What about at least give the exclusive Insta chat a video? <laughs> Members only. I need only. to talk to her about what the, what the limits are. Okay. Listen. So I do this little show. <coughs> We're doing like 400,000 <coughs> views a month on YouTube now. You know. And they want to know if the carpets match the drapes. So this is fucking America. I mean, I got to give my public what they want. Win the crowd. <laughs> Win the crowd. Kill. Kill. 
kill. I want it. I want it. Win the crowd. I want it. <laughs> I dare you. That would be anyway. Uh, Matt Hartley. I'm not going to say that out loud. She likes foods so rare. She likes rare meat. No. no, it is so rare that they like food. Uh, Jake, did you get the second base? They've been on one date. Yeah, I've been on one date. He dude. hasn't on, even dude. walked out of the dugout yet. Yeah, come on, dude. I'm still, I'm Jesus. still taping my wood. Come on. She is Grocock. He transitioned. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> no, Grocock. like to be. Look, she's got gorgeous hair. Grocock's hair is way better. Do you think he has any idea we still talk about Yeah, him? I think he still listens. Uh, there is plenty of toast for all the butter. Grocock and his fake accounts to get votes. So Okay, so this is someone. Now, this is a new name on the show just today. So this right here is someone who's been a long time. So I'm curious who made another account. Oh, long time. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ritson, she might be a vampire. Take a bite of your neck. What if she pulls out <laughs> your jugular with her tongue, dude? Then what? Yeah, it's all fun and games until you start dating See, vampires. You guys want to start making jokes. If so, I die, show's done. You know send, what I mean? Send her a video right now. Okay, of what? I don't know. When's the last time you sent her a video? I sent her one earlier today before the show. Room. Okay, what did she say? Did I she don't answer know. it? No, yes. Open the Marco Polo app. The sexting app. Let's Dude, see it's it. not a sexting app. If it's not, it should be. It's not a it, sexting you app. Exchange, you exchange video messages on that app. Yeah, but it's not a, Zero it's not for prawn, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I don't know. You fucking donkey. Do you guys see what I live with on a daily basis? Okay, you got to cut my mic. I need to see what she said first. So. Okay, go ahead. I cut his mic. You know. Kurt Meyer says, Jake, don't blow this. <laughs> Look at Jake, like all leaning down on the phone. Oh, and he almost knocked the set over. She's looking fine today, Jake. Look at Jake, like all like, hey, hey, uh, hey, casuals. Do you like the date? Send me some donations while I'm streaming so I can buy this lovely lady dessert. <sighs> What'd she say? She's had a, a more difficult day today. Ah, oh, damn it. So today's probably not a good day today's for not, shenanigans. Today, today's not the day. Yeah. Today's Maybe tomorrow. Not, what, like, what happened? Why did she have a tough day? It's work and she has some family things happening mckinley you know. cutler said gotta go see you later cookie king ken williams says sniff sniff jake stick it <laughs> no bro jacob delambo my daughter is uh part puerto rican so oh my god greg hawkins uh jake's date now streaming on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> kurt myers keep right out of the limelight just saying you do not put her on the show no uh, salty drunk. It's Teddy. Could be. It could be. Could be. Kyle King, Utah Jet. Teddy's long lost sister. Imagine going on a date and they have a GoPro on their head. <laughs> <laughs> Who the f is that guy? Oh, that's awesome. Um, Gary, she she can transition Jake into a vampire. It'd be like Vampire Diaries. Yeah, see, there you go. It's you know, a love story. Part of the plan. Yeah. Jake, what Schemers. happened? What is that a? Dude, is that a hickey? No, dude, it's a it's a love story. Let me explain. <laughs> oh my God, Fat Jesus gave you $1.99 for your condom. Stop. Matt Hartley, poor girl. At least she has Jake in her life. Aw. Aw. What would I do without you? Aw. Um, did you guys see the video of the uh, Amazon package delivery guy? Dude, talk about commitment. Dude, look at this guy trying to deliver a package 
during a SWAT raid. Amazon, hard at work. <laughs> In the midst of a standoff, he's gonna deliver his package. I don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> So an Amazon driver. And what I want to talk about is what do you guys do for what do you guys do for side hustles? And what do you got what is the worst job you've ever had? Because I gotta believe Amazon drivers up there with the worst jobs you've ever had. I mean, it has to be. Yeah. This dude delivered a package during a SWAT incident. SWAT. And walked right up on it. Walked right up on it. Worst job you've ever had, Jake. Chick-fil-A. Working at Chick-fil-A was easily the worst oh, job I've ever Walnut had. Walnut Creek. Yeah, dude. I just I just couldn't do it. Like I it was one of the first jobs I ever had. I hated it. And then I went across the street, started my three year run at Freebirds and the rest That's of history. Right. That's right. Freebird World Burritos. Yeah. Uh I think oh, what's the worst job I've ever had? I was a landscaper in Lafayette, Indiana. And I had I was the guy who had to drive the tractor next to the railroad track while the car sprayed the the weed killer. Yeah. And the worst day of my life was it was pouring rain and I will never forget slipping and falling on a railroad tie and hitting my elbow, my left elbow on a railroad spike. Oh. It was that was the worst job at Eli Lilly Company in Lafayette, Indiana. Dude, that's rough, bro. Though easily the worst job I've ever had. But do you view being an Amazon driver as a terrible gig? I don't think it's a terrible gig. I just think it's a tough gig. I mean, it's it's physically demanding. They don't care about the elements. Like you got to get the you got to get done, it done dude. on time. Yeah, and and I think that's the really tough part is like you're always on the go. And in this, in you know that we go to a holiday by by Casa de Monte most mornings, and there's usually a couple times a week we'll see a Budweiser truck or you know a truck driver doing his job, and and I think those it's tough guys, work, man. Yeah, man, those that's backbreaking work, and and I'm just telling you guys, like without those dudes, things don't get done. And I think that you know as funny as this Amazon delivery video is, guys got a oh job to do. Yes, yeah, salty drunk says uh, for the second one if it breaks, the second condom. See what he did there. Ken Williams just sparked a memory. Buy uh, a good consumer, LOL. Worst job selling vacuums door to door. Oh, jeez. So when I was 19, I think, something like that, I went to Florida for like three weeks to sell magazines door to door. It was awesome. We drove city to city. It, oh, it was amazing. And I was really good at it. And so I made good bread, but it was just, it was. You never sleep. You're you never sleep. You deal with the weirdest, the weirdest. I'm telling man, I love you people in Florida. We have a lot dude, of Florida, Florida listeners. Florida man is weird, dude. I love you, but there are some weird fucking people in Florida. Like I'm telling you now, the people in Florida, my God. A like the the weird skin ailments of old people in Florida used to just wig me out. Not too familiar with that. We went to this lake called Lake Okeechobee. Okay. You knew you were in trouble right there. <laughs> and no, it's it's an awesome lake. We were tubing and boating. It was amazing. I learned to wakeboard on Lake Okeechobee. But the thing that I'll never forget is we were taking the boat out of the water. It's me and like 10, 10 people. Like the overlord, because we drove around in a van. Right. With an overlord. And we got to stay in hotels and stuff. And... 
And this guy drove us around in a van. In a van down by the river. So they understood that if you just grind these MFers into the ground, they're not going to perform for us. We need to perform. So homie used to do things like take us, take us boating on Lake Okeechobee. But we pulled that boat out of the lake. And there were, there were it, I don't know if it was a nudist colony or what, but there were like 10 old people just straight up naked sitting on the shoreline. <laughs> That was so they one were of Marco Polo. People. Oh, dude, it was it, absolutely. And they were wilding out there. That was one of the worst experiences of my life. Just because of the old naked people. Oh my god, forever traumatized. Yeah, forever traumatized. Yeah, that's rough, dude. Oh, it's brutal. Tom says uh, outbound B two B sales for a CFO company setter, dude. I my I'll tell you, you want to do some some not cold calling, but like sort of chilly but not warm calling go to yelp dude i made bread at yelp yeah, on the phone me. dude i made bread yeah drew money worst dishwasher at a casino restaurant scraping half-eaten food off of plates and getting sprayed Ooh, by that you plate know what? Oh. i worked at texas roadhouse for five minutes oh that's right i hated good old brooke johnson dude, got you a gig. i hated texas oh. roadhouse they had me on Expo was way too complicated for me, dude. Couldn't Ooh. just couldn't pick it up. Oh, Tile King. Jet Wayman, worst job installing insulation on houses. I hate it. Oh, it's the worst. Tile King. Why is it that <sighs> you like doing tile though? Seriously, I'm not even joking. What is it like what is it about tile? So I worked at a lumber yard in Grays Lake, Illinois. <clears throat> and one of my jobs was to drive a truck and deliver roof side uh roof shingles and insulation know your role and shut your mouth the insulation was all stored in a barn in the back of this lumber yard dude you you walk in there you can't breathe you can't see anything and it, it's the worst thing in the world i never wanted to install it never delivering roofing shingles is the worst thing ever i had to bro what now the cats are back in the mouth they are this you know where that is oh that's downstairs who sent that to you it's in uh, i'm in a i'm in a group a media the group cats there. are back at the maverick center oh my god yeah dude bro. on game night they're back bro so you all remember the cats right the, the you the mean moaning. the you mean the ghost cat no not the moaning the sexualization of the felines yeah dude because that's what it was yeah anyway when we were doing mornings that was some gnarly noises so I used to have to pull these shingles off of one of those one of those big industrial flatbed trucks, yeah, pack by pack, oh. and toss them into a cart into like the, one of these big carts. Roll that cart over <coughs> to the construction <coughs> site or whatever, and usually throw it on the ground or throw it onto another truck. It was the worst job I ever had, dude. The no, worst good, job dude. I ever had. I I'll pass. Greg Hawkins. I worked door-to-door -door soliciting donations for PBS, K-U-E-D, when I was a student at the UI lasted one day. Brutal. Brutal. Um, there's plenty of toast for all the butter. Any Monty ghost sightings today? Chair okay? Dude. And that, that thing yesterday. <laughs> bro, Someone that, is currently sitting in that chair. Yeah, that thing yesterday. was. If you didn't see the show yesterday, there was a chair, like a high back chair. Almost like a bar stool with a back on it. Yeah. Outside our door, that thing slid one foot to the left. On its own. I'm telling you, man. Y'all don't believe. You should believe. 
Uh, Matt Ritson, I hate clean athletic locker smell. And oh, locker room smell is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Ken Williams said, I had people come out naked. What, did, what job was that? Ken Williams. Uh, oh, door-to-door vacuum sales. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Salty Drunk says, I'm off to work, guys. We're good. I hope you're just, uh, uh, we're good. I hope just stirring the pot. You're good. Yeah, you're good, bro. Ain't a big uh, deal. Fat Jesus, Lake Choke a Chubby? Yes, exactly. The Lake Choke See a Chubby. Yeah. See what exactly. he did there. Yeah. Ken Williams says later, Chris P, uh, anyone in construction knows the guys that, uh, the guys in the soup truck have it the worst. Oh my God, at Fox Sports, we had a food truck that used to pull up. And it was two hours of just nothing but sweating your ass <laughs> off in that truck. This is a oh. tasty burger. We used to every day get an egg white, pinto, and um, pinto bean, and chicken burrito. Damn. And it was an now hour you're wait. My language, bro. It was an hour wait in the food truck. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, plenty of toast for all the butter. Says the cats were inspired by Jake's dating <laughs> stories. I think they were. <laughs> I think they were. Michael uh, Tamez says, worst job working at Target pulling frozen food from the freezer at minus 47. Bro, what? Hell no. How is it minus 47? It's a freezer. Yeah, but minus 40, like. No. You can't bro. do zero, zero degrees is standard for freezers. Dude. What in donuts? I'll be in Loretta Baja for a month. Loretto. Where the hell is that? Have a good one. Dude. Okay, where is Loretto well, man. Baja? Can't wait to see you again. Can't wait to hear about dude, that I trip, dude. I went back dude. to Safari on my computer, and the Shiv picture is still sitting here. The Shiv picture dude, is amazing. she is. Be anyway. careful. And Donuts, that sounds like Mexico. Be cool. Jacob DeLambo, cleaning the local city pool. Oh, no, dude. That no. is exactly. It's Baja, California. Yeah. Dude, be cool, man. Yeah, it's on the border. Chris P. says the soup truck is the guys that pump. Oh, no. Bro, oh, man. What, what are we doing? Why would you bring up the why? soup truck is the guys that pump the outhouses? Come on. Are you kidding me? I've had some jobs, man, Damn. like landscaper, truck driver, lumber yard. I have never cleaned an outhouse. I man. And no pooper scooping is different than cleaning an outhouse. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Toast for all the butter says, I'm ordering a ghost hunting kit. I'll solve the Monty ghost mystery. Do there you it. go. There you go. Do it. Uh, Ken Williams, crazy jobs, and I got smart and started the ranch. My guy. How, Ken, how long did you have the ranch, bro? Seriously, were you someone who had it for like 20 years, or what was your deal? Dude, that's tough work, man. Yeah. You work on a ranch, you are busting your ass. Ass. You are busting your own. I mean, it's not as hard as hitting the like button, apparently, today. You know, hit the like button. Bro, 86 likes. That's it. 15 years he Stay had. Stay hard. dog, dude. Good boy, Ken. Stay hard. You working for a living. What were you? Were you uh, 15 like years? Cattle farm or what, what, were, what are we talking about here? Dude, that's, that's hard work. Ken, we appreciate it. Stay hard. That. Ranching and farming is the essence of America. 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 We appreciate that. Uh, make sure you get to the links below. Click on the free sample of Bucked Up. You get three free samples and a Bucked Up Shaker Cup, the best in the business. Hook it up. Really helps the channel grow. Appreciate you guys doing that. Always good. Appreciate Bucked Up, the advocates at theadvocates.com. Again, go get your $10 30-day membership at Triday Trading. Thank you, Barbecue Pit Stop. Thank you, Quick Quack Car Wash. 
all of our great sponsors. Appreciate you guys very much. Back tomorrow. Yeah. Jake, we'll figure out, are you going to at least plan your date before the date tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, you know. Can we yeah. talk about where you're taking the uh, smoking hot redhead? Uh, yeah, my place. <laughs> are you really? Potentially, yeah. No, dude. Come on, man. Go to the break and daybreak. Uh-huh. Everybody meet Jake at the break and daybreak. Right. You know, help him with that game. Matt Ritson says, bye, Jake. Matt Hartley says, bye. C. Kaufman says, say goodbye, Jake. Gary says, say goodbye, Jake. Ken Williams says, bye, Jake. <laughs> Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.